This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo. You are back after a two-month sabbatical from the show. <laughs> sabbatical? Yeah. Yeah, you were down right. in Florida for a month. Uh, and Chris Klimazewski is back as well. Yes, I am. Glad to be back. Um, Jay Money, James Montefusco, will be joining us at the 6 o'clock hour. We, we thought we were going to have Jay Was here running the board for the first hour, but Chris... We'll be doing that for us. Quick reminder, you can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments, 516-299-2030. And we are on Instagram, Facebook Live, if you are friends with me or any of us on the show. We are podcasting. And we have a uh, quick announcement tonight. This is our, our last show of the summer. We will not be broadcasting Review and Preview next week or the week after. We are moving to a new time, Fridays. 7 to 9 p.m., effective September 7th. So if you're listening, we will remind you guys at the top of the hour at 6 o'clock and right before we log off tonight. And that is that. This is our last Thursday show. Let's go out with a bang. Um, On that note, let's uh, get to some Major League Baseball news, guys. Uh, A lot that's hot right now, um, hot-headed, I should say, after a brawl that took place yesterday. In the bottom of the first inning between the Braves and the Marlins, two NL East rivals, Marlins pitcher Jose Urena drills the number one prospect heading into the season in the majors, Ronald Acuna Jr. last night, drilled him right in the elbow in the bottom of the first inning. Now, this is a very substantial moment for baseball. Um, Got a lot of reaction. Acuna entered that game five straight with a home run three straight with a leadoff home run, and eight dingers in his last eight games. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Was this the right move? Was it a poor move? Because both benches cleared. It was ugly. You know, Urena was tossed. Manager of the Braves, Snitker, was tossed. What was your take on this? Uh, me and Mike were talking about this before I came into the studio, and it's that's, that's baseball. I mean, this right. is why this, this happens. I mean, yeah, it's tough that he got hit on the elbow. It's really is, but it's not It's not like he got hit in the head or anything like that. Now he got hit in the neck, but when you're a, a hot player like that, you're going to, that's what happens. You're going to, the pitcher's going to try and pitch it inside, fear him off the ball, and you might get hit. There's a target on your back. Yeah, so I mean, especially there's two division rivals as well. It's not like it was the, yeah. it was Miami versus the Dodgers or anything like that. It's two division teams. You got the hottest player in baseball, the number one prospect, prospect in baseball. So, yeah, I mean, he was going to get hit. Mike, Keith Hernandez made some comments about this transaction, and I think we may have similar views here in the studio. I'm not sure how everybody's going to take this, but Keith Hernandez stated that it's okay to hit the guy, but do it in the right spot. Now, obviously, Keith Hernandez played back in the 80s, a very different time where this was more acceptable. What are your thoughts on Keith's comments, and do you agree with him? I do. I completely agree with Keith. All right. Wow. When a player is as hot as Acuna, I mean, you just got to get his feet moving, like brush him off a little bit. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, like Chris says, tough, tough, tough uh, luck. He got hit in the elbow. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to get hit in the elbow, hand area, head area, obviously. Right. But he basically said you got to drill him in the leg, back, ribs. Yeah. It's got to catch a fastball there when you're that hot, and that's that's been happening forever. So it I has. get why Keith said that. It yeah. makes perfect sense. Kyle Russo, um, luckily for Acuna, the, scan, the CAT scans came back normal. The x-rays were negative, and he is day to day. Um what is your take on Keith Hernandez and his comments towards it? Personally, if I'm Don Mattingly, yeah, I'm pissed at my young pitcher. Uh, you don't do that because you know it's going to start a brawl. But Keith Hernandez does have a valid point, I think. I don't think so at all, Tom. I think it's a it's one of the worst parts of the game. Parts of the game being plunked purposely. I mean, it's the first pitch of the game, nonetheless. So you know he did it purposely, uh, Urena. Clearly, intentional. and for Hernandez to say that. It's okay to hit it, but do it in the right spot. What does that even mean? What's the right spot to hit a guy in? I mean, any part, 97 miles per hour, is the possibility of injuring the guy, especially hitting him in the elbow. The guy's lucky that he came back with negative x-rays. Mm-hmm. But I think that's disgusting what Hernandez said. I think it was disgusting, but I also think it was smart, unfortunately, on Urena's part. Cause, I mean, maybe it wasn't smart at the very moment, but, I mean... You know, I mean, that's that's part of the game. Guys are going to get hit. We've seen it done before. It's unfortunate. It shouldn't happen. It is dis- it is disgusting. I think Mike can agree with that part as yeah, well. No, it's not it's not my favorite part of baseball. But yeah. Yeah. this guy's raking against you. I mean, yeah. you got to like, get his feet moving. It makes more sense if this is like the Phillies, right? A competitive team within the Braves and stuff like that. But you're right. the Marlins. You're you're. I don't even know how many games behind this Braves team, and. You yourself aren't that great of a They're 22 games pitcher. back in the yeah, division. Exactly. So, what are you trying to compete? What are you trying to prove? Right. As what are you player? trying to prove? You're a 3 and 12 pitcher. Yeah. Exactly. Urena gets tossed. Snitker got tossed. Um, Freddie Freeman said, We know this isn't the Miami Marlins. This is just Jose Urena being, you know, yeah. a jerk. So, uh, very touchy sub. Also, another brawl that broke out this week, guys. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday night between on the West Coast between the Giants and the Dodgers. What's up with Yasiel Puig jawing at Nick Hundley? Well, I mean, it was a foul ball. I didn't really see what the issue was. I mean, where were they pitching him to inside? I don't. I didn't really see an issue. Yeah, well, I actually missed that completely, but I saw people tweeting about it, so that gives me no perspective the on that. The aftermath was worse than yeah. what happened with uh, yeah. well, when the I arena. S- when I saw it, I was just like, what? Buster Posey's get into fights? That's crazy. But Nick Hundley. Yeah, it was. I didn't know it was Nick. I didn't yeah. know it was Nick Hundley. You thought, thought it was Buster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was Buster. And I was just like, and then, <laughs> whoops. And then, yeah, I was. I didn't even understand why he did it. Maybe he must have said something, and Nick Hundley went back at him. And then they were just like, oh, going back and forth. Joshua Pugh is just a bad guy, so I mean, yeah. not shocked. Yeah, I don't. I mean, he actually made contact with Hundley's catching mask. Unfortunately, um, that was all the damage that was done, but. I think Puig is completely in the wrong. I think he had no right to get angry at that pitch. Again, this is part of baseball. This is part Mm -hmm. of baseball, and thank goodness for Hunter Pence. I mean, sticking his nose right in the middle of that thing. Sometimes the guys who, like, intervene in those altercations are the ones that end up getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, Now, Kyle, there's no discipline that has been um, assigned yet to either team or either player, but this happened in the bottom of the seventh inning after a foul ball. Both players were tossed. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I mean, obviously, your Urena was in the wrong at yeah. first, but clearly here Puig is in the wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like uh, like Mike said. 
I don't know how this fight originated, who was chirping at who. I yeah. mean, it could have been Hunley under the mask. We don't know. I mean, that's not brought up. I mean, when yeah. these fights go down, they're both in the wrong no matter what. Forget right. physical. Team's getting physical. But, I mean, I expected a suspension for the Urana pitch because that's yeah. – Oh, yeah. But yeah. the Puig and Hunley brawl, I don't know. They might cancel each other out because we'll we don't know where it originated from. Yeah. Um, on a brighter note, though, in that series, we got to talk about Monday night, which was National Left-Handers Day. I don't think we have any left lefty people here in the studio, no. No. You know what they say about lefties? They're always right. Mm. Speaking of always right, Madison <laughs> Bumgarner teed off with Clayton Kershaw on Monday night on National Left-Handers. They both got a no decision. Uh, Kershaw definitely got the better of the matchup. Eight innings pitch, nine strikeouts, but Scott Alexander blows the save for the Dodgers and loses. So Bumgarner got the best of that, and it actually... Um, it's always good to see those two left. I think they're the two best lefties in the game, hands down, uh, right now. Those two guys, Bum, yeah. Bumgarner and Kershaw. I mean, it's very rare. You know, it's very rare you see southpaws pitch that ef- effectively. You know, which is kind of like teams like the Mets are holding on to a Steven Matz. You know, we'll, we'll get yeah. into that a little later. <laughs> and those are some old school lefties too. I would love yeah. to see it. Um, Speaking of which, the Dodgers finally ended their five-game losing streak last night in the 12th inning. I don't know if you guys stayed up to watch that game, but, I mean, it was ugly. The Dodgers were up 3 nothing, and then McCutcheon in the bottom of the eighth inning, I think it was, just drills, or top of the eighth, bottom, I think it was top, because they were on the road, no? I believe it was in, yeah, Dozier had a walk-off sack fly, yeah, so it was, had to be in L.A. Um McCutcheon with a three-run bomb to tie it at three, but Brian Dozier, they just acquired from Minnesota, walks it off with the sack fly in a 4-3 victory in the 12th inning. What was wrong with the Dodgers? Why were they on a five-game losing streak, and how did they end it last night? I mean, it's very shocking because they haven't been in first place in over a week. Everybody thought, oh, Machado's here. Well, right now, it doesn't look so hot. Yeah, and that loss to Kenley Jansen was brutal. I mean, it was. you just said that Scott Alexander, they also blew a game. In Colorado, I know because it was gambling stuff. Yeah. I'm on the wrong end of it, of course. And I mean, they've this guy's blown four. Of course, <laughs> this guy blew four saves, I believe already. I mean, this guy's yeah. state, they really need Kenley back. And I just got an update: Puig suspended two games. Nick Hunley heavy fine. I'm sure Puig will get that down to one if he appealed. So, so Hunley does not have a suspension, just a no heavy suspension. fine. All right. I mean, which makes I'm assuming Puig's getting fined as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, that, 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 that's good. As we kind of predicted that Puig would get more of the harsh punishment. Um, another bad sign for the Dodgers, I mean, Ross Stripling, who was pitching well, got moved to the bullpen, and now he's on the 10-day DL. And yeah. this just gets the lower back inflammation. This isn't good. Because right now, if you're the Dodgers, you're sitting in the NL West, tied for second. You're only eight games above 500, a game and a half back of the D-backs, who... Quite frankly, Chris, I don't know if it was you or if it was you or Mike that said the D-backs don't really have a good shot at the playoffs. That might have been me. Right yeah, now, they're looking really good. And me and Mike discussed about this a little bit last week. The number two hitter on the D-backs is really David Peralta, who right now, I mean, he's you know he's not like a Jock Peterson or you know a Justin Turner or you Cody know what I'm Bellinger, saying. Like, right, he's not yeah. as known as those players, but. His numbers are better. Oh, okay, we have an update from James Montefusco, who is will join us soon. Yasiel Puig receives two-game suspension for the fight. 
Awesome. Awesome. Mike yeah. said that 45 oh, seconds ago. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, too busy, I'm too busy producing over here. Oh, man. I'm, no. out, I'm out of it. Yeah, you're a bad guy. You're fine, Chris. You're fine. Mike, beat him to the punch. Yeah. You know, it's Adam Scheffner of WCWP. Ooh. Had to read a sign. <laughs> <laughs> Had to read the um, sign. Um, now, you know, this is crazy because you look at the West. Johnny Cueto was also done for the year for San Fran, but former Golden Don't. Golden Domer, Jeff Samarja, is near his return. He will pitch a simulated game tomorrow. This was a guy, dual athlete in college, I think. I think he played both baseball yeah. and football for Notre he Dame. Did. He wore number 83 on the football team. I remember that. But, uh, Tight end, right? Wider. Possibly. I mean, he's, he's big, more he's like a big wide dude, receiver, so. like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Um, nice. Glad to see that he's coming back. I mean, do you think he can emerge into that number two starting role? No. No, he stinks. I've never. Well, I'm not, I'm not right now. Though. I am not. A I've never been a, a fan of Jeff Samarjum. His whole career, I've never liked him. Even though he did go to Notre Dame, and I respect him for that. But he, he just stinks. I don't think he's good at all. But who? But who's he, better than him in the he's, rotation? He's besides, clearly getting the two spot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's who's not. Left? I'm just saying I don't like him. That's who's all left? I was. I was just they didn't, my question. Opinion, didn't Suarez pitch last night, or he's pitching tonight? Suarez, Probably. yeah, Suarez oh, pitched man. last yeah, night. This rotation's a, a real mess. Yeah, you know who I like th in that rotation. Th thank you for putting it kindly, Kyle. You know no who I, like? I like uh, Pudge's son Rodriguez. I don't know Rodriguez. his first name. Yeah. I like him he's a lot. Bad. He's not bad. He's young, and I think he can develop. Yeah. So. but I mean, you know, Samarja, he'll be your two. He could give you six innings. I mean, these guys. No, oh, for sure. There's nothing else out there. Um, let's move to the American League side of things. The Boston Red Sox right now, clear front runners. Uh, last week, me and Mike, we brought up. They're the seventh American League team to win 81 of their first 115 games. Four of those six teams went on to the World Series. Um, and Chris Sale just came back Sunday. So reinforcements are there. Sale, 12-4, and 1.97 ERA, and 219 strikeouts on the season. That's the second best in the major leagues. He has the second best number of strikeouts and the second best ERA, only behind Jacob deGrom. Now, a month after the All-Star game, we ask ourselves, who really deserves the start, Chris Sale or Luis Severino? Now, I think we have our answer, Yankee fans. <laughs> Kyle. It's, it's the hard truth. Yeah, Chris Sale. No, without a doubt. Hands down. Without a doubt. Chris hands Sale down. has been unbelievable since he's put on that Boston Red Sox uniform. And and this stat, 200, I believe you said 16 strikeouts this season. It's, it's, it's incredible. And if you're the rest of the major leagues, you're dumb. You know, you know why? You let J.D. Martinez sit there as a free agent the entire offseason right before spring training starts. And, oh, Boston gets him back. Look at him now. Leads the major leagues, 37 homers. Only player over 100 RBIs right now at 104. And um, he has the second-best average in the league at 333. And that's only behind who? His teammate, Mookie Betts, at 352. Yeah, I mean, yep. the, Red, the Red Sox easily have two of the three best players in all of baseball right yeah, now. They're going to have the Cy Young and MVP yeah. on their team. It's, probably. It's, probably. I mean, both, that's what yeah. it's looking like. They're both slugging over 600. Oh, both. That's my favorite stat. And uh, Martinez has 11 more RBIs than the next guy up, which is Chris Davis. Chris with Davis for the A's. 11 yeah. more. Oh, I was going to say, Chris Davis on the, oh, on the Orioles. I was like, he's got 90-something RBIs. I was like, get out of here. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's two Chris Davises. A fake but, Chris Davis. But there is always a but in sports. They did lose to the Phillies last night. And Wilson Ramos finally, finally makes his Phillies debut. 
ends it with three hits and three RBIs in the Phillies' 7-4 win over the Red Sox. This was a great addition, not just getting Estrubal Cabrera, but you get Wilson Ramos to help out the younger guys like Reese Hoskins, Adubel Herrera. Man, Adubel Herrera and Estrubal Cabrera, that's going to be really confusing if you're reading off a lineup. <laughs> that's a lot of vowels. Yeah, <laughs> and the, uh, the Ramos thing and the Cabrera, they already had a pretty good lineup. Now it just stretches it out it even, even more. Better. I mean, it's crazy. Well, I think they have a, an edge over the Braves. I mean, that, the Braves 1 through 4 to 5 is excellent, but... Um, Those are deeper. Yeah, they're a little deeper right now. And I would say better starters because Aaron Nola yeah. is something else. Love Aaron Nola. Yeah. He's great. Great it, fantasy team. Basically addition. comparing like uh, Nola and I don't know why he looked over there. It distracted me. There's a guy. Oh, and that lefty on Atlanta. I can't think of his name. But Sean Newcomb. Those yeah, are basically Sean the Newcomb, aces yeah. you would compare. Yeah. I would give that to Aaron yeah, Nola. Um, and even down the road too, I mean, the, the Braves still have great prospects to come up. Kyle Wright. Is still down there, Mike uh, Sorka. I think his last Soroka, name. Sorka, yeah, Sorka. He's he came great out for too. A little bit this year. Then he got hurt. So I mean, now, now if you imagine you bring those two guys up next year, you have Newcomb and Fultonavich. Yeah. Imagine if Julio Tehran panned out. That's lethal. Mm-hmm. If he really just starts every sure. game versus the Mets, yeah. he might catch a Cy Young. <laughs> his Speaking numbers against the Mets are crazy. All these pitchers you guys are talking about, a pitcher's best friend is always a catcher. And I think Wilson Ramos is definitely a veteran that you like to have in your lineup. Speaking of other veteran catchers, last night the Astros seemed to be getting back intact. Evan Gaddis hit two home runs along with his teammate Tyler White. The offense is back. I mean, Correa is back, hits a three-run double. Altuve is getting closer. Springer might return tomorrow. Um, and the Astros hit a season-high five home runs, two from their catcher, Evan Gaddis, who leads all catchers with 23 home runs. 23 home runs for a catcher. A catcher. Yeah, he's yeah. a catcher. Him and Grandal have a nice power season. Yasmani Grandal, um, Salvador Perez from Kansas City. Look at him. He's only the fifth Royal to hit 20-plus home runs in four straight years. Wow. Yeah, when Moustakis hit 40 <laughs> last year, it was the first Royal to ever do that, I believe. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah, which was wow. crazy. But back to the Houston game last night. Cole, he's back. 12 strikeouts. His team is back on track. Um, really um, alarming. And then remember last week we were talking about Team of the Week? And I picked, the, Sa- I picked the St. Louis Cardinals? Yes. Now, an eight-game winning streak. 11 games over 500, just four back of the Cubs, a game back of the Brewers. Wainwright is rehabbing in single A. Uh, this is going to get very interesting. This could potentially become a three-headed race now. Uh, only concern is Matt Carpenter. Uh, he got struck on the right hand, but he should be okay. Yeah, they said today he's like, fine. He's going to play next game. And then who is this Bader kid in center field? Just get three yeah. hits. Off the Nationals. Didn't they sweep? They swept the Nationals. Yep. Yeah, and they, they Four had to that two heartbreaking night. loss for Washington, which That's I love. Crazy. We got breaking news. Even more Mets fans can, you know, they can take a breath after this. Hansel Robles to the DL. Oh, I like that. Well, <laughs> not really. I'm, I'm uh, glad you brought that up. Hate, hate I know. I, I know. Wish, ev- uh, everyone was wondering, so yeah, I had to say it. It's a great idea. Don't like wishing, wishing injuries upon any player, but um, yeah, Ro- Robles was a mess. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Tough. Especially when they come for you, you know. Yeah, and also this Cardinals, nice, <laughs> nice second half. I mean, this it came right off the Mike Matheny firing, so I mean, I had to do something with it. 
Kyle Rousseau picking off right where he left back off in June, staring <laughs> at the that. wall. It took me a minute to process that. Yeah. It took me a minute to process that. I was um, just like... Speaking of which, mo- mo- <laughs> Monday night was really just an awkward night in baseball overall. You look at a guy like Homer Bailey who fails to throw a pitch. He he throws and he balks. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did not see that. That sounds very so funny. He tries throwing a pitch, but the ball never left his hand. Usually this is how bad he's. This is how bad the Reds have been this year, man. And he balked against Cleveland. Now the Indians run a five-game winning streak, but they lose Trevor Bauer, ten-day DL, that's tough. Uh, fractured right fibula. That stinks. But look, you still have Carrasco, you have Kluber, and then in the back end of the bullpen, you have Brad Hand and Andrew Miller. I think Brad Hand just got the save last night. Um, Man, that's unfortunate luck for Homer Bailey. I mean, he's one of the worst starters in the league. So Let's not forget he pitched a no-hitter. He did. He did. I mean, he, he conned Do you remember who that was against? Your career. Um, the Mets, oh, right? Pirates. I, yeah, I, I, I pulled up the page because I'm um, looking at it. Let's see Chris Heston. Mets. Back to hand and bullpen, guys. No, Jay- Phil Humber you're thinking of. No, Chris Heston. <laughs> well, okay, it's a stupid argument. Jay Roos <laughs> Familia for the A's is back to doing Jay Roos Familia things. Uh, Familia gave up five runs in his last three innings pitched for the A's, so um, not a good sign. Another former Met, Curtis Granderson, hit his 10th career Grand Slam last night against the Royals. We talked about Salvador Perez. Um, A lot of stuff going on in baseball right now. Um, It's a lot of good, but there's also some bad. Remember uh, former Angels prospect Aaron Cox, the brother-in-law of Mike Trout, um, has passed away oh, as man. of as of yesterday. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but Aaron Cox, actually Mike Trout's brother-in-law. I didn't know that until I looked Oof. it up right before the show. Wow. Um, yeah, um, he took drugs, I think drugs designed for uh, ADHD or whatever, and just a bad uh, side effect. But um, that's unfortunate. The Angels won, though, last night for him. Rene Rivera was back. He hit a home run, former Met. Uh, Mike Trout, eligible to come off the DL today. Hasn't played since August 1st. I know. Real devastating to my fantasy team. Where do the Angels stand? I mean, do, do they have a shot at this or no? No. I don't no, think there's they enough don't. there. No. There's not a shot. the rotation. There's Andrew Heaney. I can't really think of anybody else. That's it. But Triggs just got hurt, and uh, Garrett Richards can't oh, stay healthy. Tyler Skaggs. Tyler Skaggs. Yeah, and Otani isn't anywhere close to They just cannot stay healthy over there. Yeah. They haven't had a good pitcher since Jared Weaver. Yeah, they really haven't. That's (laughs) That's been a while, yeah. Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, Yikes. On that note, um, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk some New York Mets. Remember, 90-second breaks tonight, not two minutes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Chris Chris has to do the quick last-minute switcheroo. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. No sleep till! I like the tunes, Chris. Thank you. Now, welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside, yes, that is Chris Klimazewski back with us here in the studio. Mike Dawes back as well. And Kyle Russo, you are back after your two months off from the show. Um, great to have all of you back here in the studio. Let's get to those dreadful New York Mets. I mean, not so dreadful this past week. 
uh, with the exception of that ugly loss Tuesday night. They are 51 and 67, fourth place in the National League East. And Mike, it's our favorite stat of the week. The Mets are 40 and 66 since their 11 and 1 start, but they have won six of their last 10. Um, despite Matt's, you know, remember he wasn't ready to come off the DL when eligible with the forearm. Bruce uh, just started rehabbing with single A yesterday. Swarzak, Philip Evans, David Wright. I mean, there is a bright spot to all this. Peter Alonso just hit his 30th home run in AAA. Let's go. Does, isn't he the only one with 100 RBIs in AAA as well? I believe so, and he might be their first baseman of the future. He will be. He'll definitely be a September call-up, and I'm loving everything from Peter Alonso. This kid's worked hard. He, he brought himself into the Mets' uh, top 20, and he finally got himself into the top 100 for the all of baseball, and this kid's working his you-know-what off, and I'm loving every second of it. I can't wait to see him in a Mets uniform in September. Yeah, but it always concerns me with the Mets AAA. They play in the PCO, which is even higher altitude than Coors Field, so the ball just flies out there. So those numbers could be inflated. Get these guys on the right side of the country, man. Like, yeah, come on. This is out of control. I'm so glad they're moving to Syracuse next year. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather do a four-hour bus ride than a five-hour plane ride, wouldn't you? Especially with the disposal of the way the Mets send people up and down. Like, it's a game of hot potato. Yeah, brutal travel. Man. Uh, However, the Mets do take two of three from the Miami Marlins. They beat the Yanks on Monday, and they split a two-game series with the Orioles. Before we get to the previous week's games, um, actually, let's get to previous week's games now. We're not going to talk about the, the Miami series. They took two out of three. Great. Um, let's get to Monday night, the makeup game, the rainout date between the Mets and the Yankees, the Subway Series. This is going to be a fun talk. Uh, it all starts with, um, before we get to the game, let's talk about Noah Syndergaard a little bit and then his comments during that uh, live game interview with the analysts on ESPN who were, who were a little off-kiltered, oh, I, I, I thought. Keith Olbermann was so bad. It yeah, was dreadful. It was, uh, the, guy, the guy in the middle, ugh. It was just all bad. It, it, it was awful. Like they were joking about themselves the whole time. I mean, if you're if you're an announcer, like, don't consistently make fun of yourself on air. You're on ESPN Radio or TV. Oh my good! And all right, they're they're asking Syndergaard about the the Little League Classic. Is he excited? He tweets. He beats the announcers to the punch before they ask him. Um. Hopefully none of those kids have hand, foot, and mouth disease. Um, that was I so great was when he very said funny, it. Very funny. His, yeah, his delivery was great. Kyle Russo, what is your thought on this hand, foot, and mouth disease? Because it, I want to know how you get that. It first traveled off. over it's like, the Bronx River. It traveled right to J.A. Hap. How do you get kids? Ha- the gr- <laughs> Syndergaard is what twenty six years old. He's not a kid, so is he doing the same stuff the kids are doing? What is this? Hap is thirty five. Not Hap, Syndergaard. Right, but Syndergaard is 26. Oh, my God. Hap is th- how does Hap get it at 35? I don't, I mean, he's doing well, some weird stuff. Tom. Apparently, uh, Syndergaard got it from helping kids over the All-Star break, but then when Jay Hap said, how did you get it? He's like, I have no idea. That's crazy. How do you not know? No, you know, see, I thought it was funny. No Syndergaard gets 
gets oh, this disease. I know, I know what you're about to say. Yeah, <laughs> no Syndergaard gets this, and it's like, oh, 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 oh. oh no, Jay <laughs> Hapset gets it. It's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Like, guys, this is serious. Yeah, this is a serious disease, guys. Come on. Like, come on. Just because we're the Mets, like, is that it? Like, I think so. Well, Kyle Russo likes to joke around and say that this is a life-threatening disease. Tom, when I heard because they make it sound like it. They're like, how do you, first off, because like two weeks ago, I had no idea what this disease was. I heard about it when Syndergaard got it, and I laughed a little bit. I'm like, I don't even know what this is, and yet a Mets pitcher got it. How much luck do they got? And then as soon as the Yankees traded for J.A. Happ, we find out that he has this thing. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. How do you how do you get a disease in both your hand, your foot, and your mouth at the same time? So I I thought this was funny. Bad timing, of course, because they, that was right going into the Boston Red Sox series in which they got swept. So bad timing on that. You know, it's a good but, laugh. It is a good laugh, you know. You gotta have some humor. I just could not believe when I saw on Twitter Noah Syndergaard hand foot mouth disease. I was like, What? <laughs> what is that? Um Yeah, yeah, no. Um St- stunning. But the Mets beat the Yanks Monday, eight to five yeah. in the Bronx. Yeah, we did. The Going 20, to the World Series. Eighteen <laughs> Subway series ends in a three three split with the road team winning four of the six games. The Yanks took two out of three at City Field. Mets take two out of three in the Bronx. The Yanks did not think they were getting Jacob DeGrom. They thought they were avoiding him, but they got him, and they fell victim. Damn straight. Sure yeah. did, yeah. Guys, they got a full face of DeGrom. DeGrom is finally at 500. <laughs> seven and seven. Oh, wow. Um, Mike, we took a bet last week. Will he get to 10 wins this season? Well, if the offense can produce some eight runs every start, then it should happen. Uh, six <laughs> yeah. and two-thirds innings pitched, 12 strikeouts. The first time Jacob DeGrom has gotten back-to-back wins since his first two starts of the season. Oh, my God. Terrible. Gosh. That's criminal. Chris, you were at one of those games. I was, No, I wasn't. Opening day. Syndergaard pitched. Did he? Yes. Syndergaard. Yeah, Syndergaard Probably pitched. did. He's got the hair. They always do that. Well, still it's March great. and April. Yeah. True. I wish I saw DeGrom pitch. Would have been great stuff. Did you guys hear Todd Frazier's comment? No. The whole no. year, he's been an angel for what we've put him through. Yeah, nice guy. I mean, yeah. look at him. <laughs> I feel like if this was anyone else, they'd be frustrated with how this team is playing because he's literally about to win a Cy Young with a losing we- a record. Yeah, I remember uh, one day after he went like eight scores, the Mets scored no runs, and then the hitters were like, yeah, we're sorry. I've never heard hitters apologize to like a pitcher before. <laughs> I thought that was insane. How do Met fans stay loyal to their team as a fan base? It takes a lot of effort. It's it's you know Met fans are very special ones. I mean, there's three of them sitting here in the studio right now, and look, every Mets player got a hit Monday night. They got 15 hits as a team. Five home runs Monday night, the most all year. Ahmed Rosario leads off the game with a solo shot against Luis Severino. Kyle. How? I don't, Tom, I don't know. I don't know where Severino said is gone because he went from a Cy Young candidate to absolute garbage after the All-Star break. What is he, like seven, over 70 RA right now? He's lost, I think, five games since the All-Star break. I mean, and to a Med Rosario, who's a shortstop, who isn't even a power hitter, he got one out of the park. I'm pretty sure he had like three home runs on the season before he hit that one. Yes, that and was it, his fourth and home run And it went opposite field. Yeah. Yes, it did. So Insane. it's... Tom, I have no idea. Um, it's crazy. The Mets hit five home runs. Rosario led the game off with a home run. Then Jose Bautista hit one. Todd Frazier hit one in the fifth. And then Nimmo and Conforto go back-to-back opposite end 
homers off of A.J. Cole back in the seventh. Kyle, Severino went four innings, four runs, seven hits, two home runs he gave up. You talked about his last seven starts. His ERA is 7.50 and 6.33 since July 1st. What is going on? I mean, is it something with his slider? I mean, there was thoughts, you know, Aaron Boone is trying to dissect the issue here. I don't know what it is. Tom, I, I don't know. To, to, to let, first off in this game alone, to let up five home runs in a game playing against the Mets in such an offensive depleted team when it comes to hitting, to let up five home runs, which is the most on the season for them in a single game, is terrible to begin with. And then, like I said with Severino, I, don't, I just don't know what's going on in his. It's got to be a confidence thing. It, it has to be. I mean, I, I don't understand how you could literally go from one of the best pitchers in the game to literally one of the worst. He's he's had the worst since All Star break. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's had the worst it's record, rough. worst performances ERA wise. Complete opposite at the Grom, and he got bullpen help Monday night as well. You know, Giselman got his seventh save. Then Mets offense, they had an answer every time the Yanks scored. Um, and the Grom now has 21 straight starts of allowing no more than three runs. The record is 24. Ooh. Who has the record? Our good friend Dwight Gooden. Wow. Dwight Gooden has guy. the team. Yeah, Mike, yeah. we are on a roll. For real. 24 straight starts of less than three runs allowed for Dwight Gooden. That was back in 1985. That's the Mets club record. Will DeGrom get there? Very likely. Right now, lowest MLB ERA. He's had it for a couple of months now, 1.81. And now the debate begins. The C.Y. Young debate begins between the Grom Scherzer. Now, should, should, should wins play a factor? I mean, they should, but are they overvalued a little bit? Yes. It really doesn't value the effect a pitcher has on a team, because the Grom is clearly the most valuable player on the Mets. Yeah. Where, I mean, you know, when the Nationals have better hitters than the Mets do. And sometimes, you know, when Bryce Harper is on, he's the most valuable player of that team. But right now, this season, it's been Max Scherzer. How, how do these two stack up against one, one, one another? Excuse me there, fumbled up my words. Um, I'm looking at the stats, and honestly, it's not even comparable. If you get into the real statistics of things, Jacob deGrom's war is better. His REW is better. His ERA, his ERA plus, his FIP, his strikeouts per nine innings, is the only thing that's not better. So, besides strikeouts and strikeouts per nine innings and wins, the Grom has the statistical advantage in nearly every category. Who who deserves it, guys? I think it's the Grom. I'm awful biased, but I mean when. If you post an under two ERA, I mean he could have four wins. I think he still would get the Cy Young. Under yeah. two is incredible. I don't even know the last time we saw under two for a full season. Yeah, Kershaw. What year? A couple years ago. I would say years 20, 2014 maybe. Uh, yeah, twenty fourteen or fifteen, something like that. Hold on, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. Hold on. Well, Chris gets that up. Um, you know, the Mets actually they would have been my team of the week this week if they did not lose to the Orioles six to three. Um, and even... 2016. 2016. Oh, 14 and 2014 13. 2014 and 2013. All Kershaw? All Kershaw. Yeah, he uh, had a below 2 ERA. Insane. That's insanity right there. That, he's great. Um, yeah, he, <laughs> he really great. is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Scherzer did it once, too. 
Speaking of pitching, the man who tied for the American League lead in wins last season, our good foul, friend, fellow, Jason Vargas. Vargas goes six innings Tuesday night. Six innings. That's a miracle for Vargas now nowadays. Like triples his regular stuff. Vargas <laughs> Vargas looks to be a part of the rotation next year with his 8.10 ERA. And his two-year contract, I think, is the more important part. The two-year Band-Aid contract. Oh, yeah. That's the problem. I, I did not understand this signing at the beginning of the season. Look, I knew the rumors at the beginning of the season were, oh, yeah, Wheeler's going to go start down AAA and work his way up. Like, I get that, but, I mean, this, we had the dream rotation aligned. Well, what was supposed to be the dream rotation. Dream rotation. That was hilarious. That's Ready at the beginning of the season. San, uh, Sanchez. Uh, Harvey looked great. Well, that looked great, but he was there. Syndergaard and DeGrom were both healthy. Mats was healthy. And Wheeler was finally healthy. We had those five guys. Signing Jason Vargas was just a waste of $4 million a year. It didn't make any sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. Well, well, no. Vargas was a great signing in the beginning of the year. That was one of the signings. I thought that was one of the best signings because he led the league in wins last year with eighteen with an 18-10 and 10 record. So it was definitely a good signing, quality signing, especially as late as they wanted up signing him. Me and Tom, the other night, I was making a joke with Tom. I'm saying, I think this might be the first time that I've ever seen a team make as many accusi- uh, ac- um, acquisitions. Acquisition, that's the word. Acquisitions in the offseason and actually become worse than they were before. Like, actual, like, helpful accusations that we thought it was going to be helpful. Swarzak, supposed to help. Vargas, supposed to help. Frazier. Your guy, Jay Bruce, Bruce. supposed to help. Frazier. The Todd father. At least, well, not anymore. Yeah, I thought that Jay Bruce deal was a steal because it was like three years for 13 each year. And now he's stuck with him. He's terrible. Yeah. See, I thought, that, I thought the Jay Bruce was the only really good signing this offseason. Well, also, who would have played third if we didn't get Frazier? We could have played Wilma Flores there. Okay, well, Ugh. yeah. Or, you know, good. we could have went out and signed Mike Moustakas. Yeah, but that's unreal. They're not doing that ever. Was it? Though he signed, what, an $8 million contract or something like that? Six. Six? Yeah. You mean to tell to, me? To re-sign with Kansas City. Do you mean to tell me the Mets couldn't he only offer him? Took, oh, I don't know. But we, well, no, what are we praying for? Sure, no, $8 million a year? I don't know. But he only took $6 million <laughs> because he waited so long, got a one-year deal from Kansas City, you clown. Yeah, if he was but signed we could have literally like doubled his deal. money if we didn't sign so Frazier and Vargas. Or you could have signed him to a one-year deal and traded him like Kansas City did to Milwaukee. Got tw- some value for, like, for him. For like $12 million. Yeah, but I thought he would just – I think he just signed – the cheap deal with Kansas City because it was his former team. He got traded anyway, so what's the difference? I don't get what you're arguing here. <laughs> the, the Mets should have signed Mustakis instead of Frazier. No, I agree, but they, they're they the Mets. They don't do that. <sighs> I hate the Mets so much. Speaking <laughs> of the Mets, you get, you get a good laugh right now. Corey Oswald just got an RBI in oh, their current Facebook go. Live game in progress on a fielder's choice. Who's Corey Oswald? Exactly. Uh, today's starting pitcher. Oh, that's... That's great. Um, <laughs> um, last night, though, the Mets slapped the Orioles. The Orioles are now thirty-six and eighty-five. Yikes! That's terrible. Dylan Bundy went five and a third innings pitched, gave up seven runs and eleven hits. The Mets scored nine runs in the sixth inning. Does anybody know the most runs scored in an inning this year? I feel like you're about to tell us. No, I actually oh. don't know. Oh, I, thought, oh, I, don't I know. tried looking it up before the show. I couldn't find it. I don't know. It sounds like a lot, so I'd go with that. Nine runs for the Mets in one. Honestly, that might be it. 
with how bad this team has been with the lack of runs to just erupt like this? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, they probably, to be honest with you, the Mets could have the most double-digit run games and the most no-run games, and it all averages out because they're the Mets. And that's why, you know. That's why you love them. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, Nimmo last night was great. Five of five, three RBIs, a home run short of the cycle. He, man, his, his contact. Uh, yikes. He's the future of this team. He's yeah, the future of this team. He's the perfect leadoff man. He takes all those walks. He did get hit in the hand today, but he's X-rays fine. He should negative. be fine. X-rays yes. negative. And yep. you know it's a good night when Todd Frazier goes three for six with a home run and four RBIs. Wow. Yeah, Todd Frazier has jumped his batting average from 210 to 231 this week. All right. Right. He's almost hitting his weight, probably. That's, that's awesome. Fine. That's fine, though. With this, that's fine with Todd <laughs> Frazier. We knew that's what we were going to get without Todd Frazier. You knew he was going to hit, like, 20-something home runs, have a 220 average, yeah. and... We thought would he'd be healthy and play a good third base and be a good leader, but he's done nothing. And then Kevin Ploiecki comes out of nowhere and hits a grand slam. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Ploiecki, I mean, he stinks. I'm just, I mean, yeah, he had a good game yesterday, but he just stinks. Well, he's auditioning for the backup catcher spot next year. Because realistically, if you're the Mets, they want to try to go back to Darno, And if oh. not, you no. have free agents no. in Wilson Ramos. No, no. That's what they're saying. No. They want to go back to Darno. Who are they? They is wrong. I guarantee they'll go back to Darno. The Mets are they. That's exactly what they want to do. They want to give Travis Darno one more shot. One more shot? They don't want to injured every year. He's got to go. Yeah, but now they don't have to Do you know who you're dealing with, though? The Mets. Yeah, I know what we're dealing with. You think they're going to pay keep another Just Mesoraco. Sign him back. He's fine. Oh. He's fine. You can go out and probably get Wilson Ramos for less money than Travis Darno at this point. Probably. And, but they won't do it. They won't do it. No, see, you know what? It's all going to depend on what the next GM is, who the next GM is and whatnot. Because as we've seen in the past with Omar Minaya and when Minaya was the GM, yeah, he made some stink moves. But he went out and spent the money. Stink moves. He also, uh, <laughs> he was great finding international talent. Yeah, he was. He was great. So, I mean, that's, that's so if, like, say if Manaya wants to be the GM again, I'm fine with it, even though I was, like, the captain of the let's get Manaya out of here boat. Of but if we were to bring him back, he'll spend the money. Mm-hmm. He's not a uh, analytics guy. He's like, oh, this guy has talent. You saw that in 2005 when he went out and signed Beltray, I'm Beltray, Beltron, uh, Delgado, he um, went Luis out. Luis Castillo. Castillo, Wagner. It's a different world now. Now he has to go by the analytics. Like, it's a thing. He has, yeah. He has it's, to. It's or he won't be the GM. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just the way it has to be. I mean, uh, that's what they have to do. If you want. No, I don't think it, it's all Chris, the they're just, Chris, they're just afraid to spend the money. Look at a contract yeah. like Cespedes that they're stuck with now. The they're first guy that they pay, they're stuck with that. He and now they're stuck with Bruce for the next two years. Well, Ligaris, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um,. At least Wilmer Flores hit another home run last night. Two-run homer in the ninth. And then Reinheimer with his first career hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reinheimer. I'm not talking about the Mets anymore. I'm so sad. Um, hitting four twenty nine in his last seven games. He's been great. Uh, the, Mets as a, the Mets as a team coming into today have scored 26 runs this week. 
in the course of three games. It's all great now. You got Henry Mejia returning from suspension to the Dominican League. Wow. Uh, I mean, can we put our down payments on next year's playoff tickets? <laughs> Zach like, Wheeler has won his last six starts. Uh, but Tim Peterson looked awful last night. So for one good, there's always a negative. And you talked about earlier, Chris, Zach Wheeler started the season in AAA. That was the best thing for him and the Mets to happen. It kind of woke him up a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like you eventually, look, well, not you, right if away. You, if you look at his stats, he had a decent April, terrible May, and then since the and since that point on, really, he had a decent uh, June, and then after the All Star break, he's been lights out. He has. He's been li- he's been almost great, and it's funny that he has more uh, wins than Degrom right now, or is tied with Degrom in wins. That is pretty funny, guys. Where are these runs coming from today? The the Mets are up nine to four. Yes. In the top of the fifth, there Rosario is three for four with three RBIs. Plo- Ploiecki is two for two and has scored three runs with a walk. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Frazier got another RBI. Yeah, so they also to four. they also got a run scored on a balk. They did. So that's good. Um, I guess. Which the matchup today is Oz Walton Suarez. Mats is back on the mound tonight to face uh, Zach Eflin. Um, Thor will be on the mound tomorrow versus Aaron Nola. That's going to be an excellent matchup. Nolan All-Star this year. DeGrom versus Arietta on Saturday. And then Vargas versus Nick Pavetta on Sunday. That wraps up the Mets' five-game series against the Phillies oh, this weekend because yeah. of the doubleheader today. On that note, we'll step aside for another quick 90-second break. When we come back, we will talk some New York Yankees. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Chris Klimazewski, Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo. James Montefusco will be joining us in about 15 minutes from now. Um, let's get to the Yankees. 75 and 46 at this point. They're second in the AL East, but man, the Red Sox are really getting out of range here. Ten and a half back of the Sox. Um, Yankees lose again today, three to one to the Rays. Tanaka goes six innings. He takes the loss. I believe that's his third or his fourth. I think fourth Tanaka's loss. lost his last two starts. He's nine and four now. Uh, look, th- this is not good. Tanaka's lost his last two. Severino looks like trash. Sabathia is on the on the DL right now. The two pitchers you acquired are your two best pitchers, Hap and Lynn. What is going on? The presence of Judge, the absence of Judge, and the absence of Sanchez is really starting to show, and and that's bottom line. It they have no hitting, the pitching. I like we were talking about before with Severino. I don't know where that went. You know what you're going to get with Sonny Gray? You're going to get nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I was. <laughs> Me and Tom were talking about this at All-Star break. We were talking about what was the point of the acquisition of J.A. Happ and the acquisition of Lance Lynn. You know, you give up this young, uh, youthful talent that you have in uh, Tyler Austin. You had control of jury. But right now, if they didn't have these guys, they'd be even in a worse position than they are now. Most of the good prospects the Yankees had are gone. McKinney is gone. 
Um, Tyler, yeah, Austin's Tyler Austin as well. Drury's gone. These are guys you could have used right now with Frazier. I mean, he's got beef with Michael K off the air. Like, this is out of control. Who could have beef with Michael K? He's like the nicest guy in the world. Well, Michael well, K started. Michael yeah. K was not in the right last week with his comments. I didn't shame, hear it. Shame on those guys. Shame on Clint Frazier not getting healthy. It's like, what do you want him to do? Clint Frazier like, is trying to play, like, <laughs> sy- symptom-free, you know? <sighs> he he called out Ellsbury, too. I mean, he had hip surgery last week. He's going to be out for another six months. Sabathia on the 10-day DL, right knee inflammation. Judge, that will now be sidelined longer than his projected three-week time frame. Hopes to take some dry swings soon. You got the Severino issue. Greg Bird stinks. Garbage. He's awful. Really bad. Uh, that, that That's really it. I mean, just, <laughs> there's really nothing good. There's nothing good about this team right now. There, there, there's, there's not. You can't even look at the home run record anymore. They have 195 through 120. They're not going to break the record now. Look, they need 264 by the end of the year. I said this for the pa- I've been saying this for the past week and a half. The Yankees will not make the playoffs. I know it's a really hot take. Scorching hot, actually. I but believe that. I it's because look, no one's playing right right now. Your best pitcher, Severino, is not looking good, and he's supposed to be the backbone of your team. Now I get it, like the Mets, like you're playing the Mets yesterday, the other day, and you're playing Degrom, and but you let up what eight runs to the Mets, six runs, you got taken out in the yeah. fourth in, in the fourth inning. I think Severino gave up four, but then the bullpen came in and did not do much better. Yeah, Holy no, terrible. no help. That was terrible. Was terrible. Whoever, yeah, terrible. And, and the bullpen hasn't looked good either. I mean, uh, Chapman's had his, his bright spots, and so has Bentances, but Robertson hasn't looked good at all. Britain has not looked. And, Britain has been no, terrible. Yeah, yeah and Britain has been looked bad. Yeah, that's not good. Guys, they just lost two out of three to Tampa Bay. That and th- that's something yeah. that can't Come happen. On. Right yeah. now, they're five and a half above Seattle. I don't think they're going to drop below Oakland and Seattle. That's there five and a half. Three good players on this Yankees team right now: J.A. Happ, Giancarlo Stanton, mm-hmm. Miguel and Duhar. Yep. Even Chapman has been shaky in the bullpen. Lancelin's look good. He has. Yeah. Lancelin's had quality those starts guys. though. Yeah. Happ went seven innings yesterday or the day before Tuesday, I think. Uh, yeah, it was. It was two. No runs. One hit. In seven innings, he did have four walks, but hey, I'll take it. Right, and now he's thirteen and six. I don't think he's lost. He has not lost the start since he's been a Yankee. No. And then yesterday, Luis Sessa. Oh, good lord! I'm yeah. so happy to go over this. Three and a third, not really. Uh, <laughs> five runs, seven hits. Sonny Gray had a pitch out of bull. Sessa got sent down to Wilkes Bar. Yes, I mean. This has been awful. Sessa sent down. Canley is back after the 6-1 loss yesterday. Torres, so grateful to be back in such a time of despair. Ronald Torres, who would have thought he'd be back up this season? Nope, not after the start that Torres had. Not after that. But oh, and yeah, Torres cannot He hit tore it up, now. and now he can't Glad do anything. Torres. Tale of two halves. Remember, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. I predicted 93 wins for the Yankees um, before the season started. And right now, that still might happen if this keeps up. This is bad. Yeah, what is that? Another twenty? Yeah, twenty-two, maybe. I actually, very possible. Uh, of course, I actually bet their win total under, and I believe it was ninety-six and a half. Uh, so I think looking, you might be right at this point. Looking Mike. fantastic. Well, well, I mean, Absolutely. I'm not liking. Oh, look, I'm, this isn't coming from a biased Mets fan here. Oh, of course not. No, it's not really not. It's not. I really think the Yankees don't make the playoffs. I really see. 
and 07 Mets in them. I think they will. At, I think they'll at, sneak I in. Think they'll, I think I they'll think be so. in Oakland for that game, so. though. It'll be in Oakland, and they'll lose because Manaya is good, and I hate the Yankees. <laughs> I think the injury of Judge is just going to kill him, especially it now is, that we so. have no timetable on when he's coming back. There's no word on Sanchez. The pitchers Sanchez. aren't going to just turn it around out. and become 10 times Judge. better. Yeah. Out. Frazier. Out. out. Yeah, and it's, I mean, Stanton's Nobody's great. Nobody's talking about Gregorius. CeCe's on the DL. Yeah, you don't know how long that's I mean, going to be. As of right now, this is a 500 team. Is, well, no, I, I think, think I they've think, been uh, playing mediocre since. Well, the they, second they've half. they've been playing 500. I think over the last like 30 days. I'm not sure, but I think I think they're just gonna. I don't know if the Mariners can make up five and a half games in six weeks. Well, Yankees well, did well, not well, win well. at the deadline. They did not win. Everyone thought no, they did. They're one of the losers now. No, they lost. I was saying that they lost. Like, why give up that? For one year deals, I mean, especially when because at that point you were already—I don't even know how many games behind Boston, so you weren't going to win the division. What was the point? Just to get into the wild card? I'm looking at the Yankees schedule right now. They still have to play the Orioles, who they had tough. They played been playing tough all year. Yeah, they lost six games to yeah. the Orioles yeah. this year. Well, so like seven and six or something. Like that. So then they got to play Boston twice in September. They got to play Boston two more times. They got to play the Rays one four more times. Got to play the Mariners. They do have to they go play the to Mariners Oakland and, and, and Oakland. Yeah, Everyone thinks this is an easy schedule because yeah, they do play the Orioles and the Blue Jays and the Twins, but they haven't played good against the bad teams and the all Athletics. Year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They but they haven't played good against the bad teams all year. So I'm not marking them down as oh those, these are easy wins and everything like that. no they're not easy wins they're gonna they're gonna be tough guys yeah. the Mets now lead the Phillies fifteen what? to four let's go Jose Batista yep. hit a grand slam and the inning just bats, baby that caps the off. Mets know it's August right you yeah. know it's not it's not <laughs> April anymore the Mets Yo. have scored forty one runs in four games Yo, we got buy World Dude, Series tickets right now get on Mets.com right now <laughs> World <laughs> Series tickets. It's not out of the option. It's mid-fifth. It's mid-fifth. It's the middle of the fifth. Ten-run inning. Wow. Guys. Oh, there you go, Tom. There you go. You just said you thought nine was the... Ten-run ten 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 inning. inning. That's got to be... Wow. Wow. All right. Who would have thunk? Well, I think our Team of the Week segment now will be very interesting. <laughs> uh, maybe some go... last-minute changes. <laughs> go back on it. I don't know if I can pick a team when they lose to the Orioles. That's tough. I don't. I don't care if you score thirty-one runs combined in two games. If if you lose one game to a team that has eighty-five losses, that's rough. But anyway, back to the Yankees for a yeah. second. The only bright spot now is Induhar is probably going to win AL Rookie of the Year. Yep, it's been incredible. Leads in almost every statistical category. Uh, to preview this weekend series, because I know Kyle wants to move on. It'll be Marcus Stroman tomorrow night against Lance Lynn. Severino Saturday. Hap Sunday. All right. We could you get two out of three on that one. You get two out of three. Oh, I better win that Stroman game. Stroman is Stroman. You got to win that game. Severino. Really sad. So what's really sad is the two wins you're looking at is Lynn and Hap, not yeah. Severino. Oh, who Severino Stroman. matched up against? You can't. You can't. You can't rely on Severino. The Yankee fans thought, oh, two, you know, two games after the All Star, let him shake off the cobwebs a bit. You know, let him get back into it. He hasn't. He what? He's pitched six games since the All Star game. Yeah. He's, he's had one. He's one in five. Yeah. One in five. Yeah. His last like seven eight starts have just. Bad. Yeah, not good. I get it. People had this guy winning the Cy Young before the All Star well, game, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, he's up there, top three. The, uh, the sports talk debate: Who's better, Severino or uh, Degrom? That that's over. Yeah, that's, that's over. over Degrom, uh, Degrom is yards. Severino will be matching up Saturday against Blue Jays' 22-year-old Sean Reed Foley. 
0 and 1, 5.40 ERA. If he doesn't win that game, that's a real problem at that point. If well, Severino doesn't pull out that the game. The Blue Jays lost to the Royals with him on the mound Monday night. So if the Yankees don't sweep this weekend, there's something wrong. If he does bad again, do they just like DL him at this point and just say his arm hurts? Like I don't, I don't know. know. You can't DL. You can't him DL him. Are you trying I mean, to pull a your... Ross Stripling here? Well, I mean, like <laughs> it's, it's been done before. People are just so bad. They just go, all right. Well, you're you have a tired yeah, but, arm. Yeah, DL but who else do they got to replace him? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now here's like you tried the Chance Adams thing. That didn't work. Sessa didn't work either. Sessa's garbage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you go to Sheffield Wait, at this on. point? I Chris. think they had this guy, Sonny Gray. I don't know. We no, gave him here, <laughs> Kyle, just so everyone knows, you're a Yankee fan, right? I am a Yankee fan. Yes, Yankee fan. Why haven't they called up Justice Sheffield? Chris, I don't know. I mean, obviously <laughs> they didn't want to get rid of him at the trade deadline because they wanted to keep him around. They, have, they see some potential in him. I mean, I was... Hoping that they would get rid of Chance Adams or at least one of those guys in a trade potentially for a guy like Machado just to give some rejuvenation back in this offense. But they saw Cashman saw something in these guys uh, to keep him around. Look, but I don't Chance Adams yeah. is terrible. I saw on Twitter that Sheffield Rough. does not have a third pitch yet, apparently. Really? Is he doesn't have why? a third pitch? Yeah, like he's got two ready to go, but the third one not there yet. So that will, no matter how good he's doing, that he'll never make it. With oh, maybe, then that's why. Then they have He'll certainly, I think he'll be up September. They got to just give them bullpen time. Yeah. I mean, they got to call up 15 guys. Let's uh, preview some of the big games tonight. Um, obviously, the Mets have a doubleheader. They're up big, 15-4. to uh, John Lester will be on the mound tonight for the Cubs against the Pirates. Ivan Nova, former Yankee out there. You got the Nats at the Cardinals. Uh, Rockies at the Braves. And then the late game is going to be the Diamondbacks at the Padres, and Clay Buckholes will be on the mound for the Diamondbacks. Clay Buckholes, former Red Sox, so that's interesting. Great, you know, it's great to see him healthy and back pitching. You know, especially for a competitive team. Uh, Buckholes five and two record this year. But uh, on that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. That's it for baseball. When we come back, it's our team of the week. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Evening and welcome back to Review and Preview. Refreshed, rejuvenated, one hour gone, one hour to go. It is the six o'clock hour, uh, the last show of the summer, guys, uh, for Review and Preview. This is also the last Thursday night show from five to seven. We are moving to Fridays, seven to nine p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, uh, starting September seventh. Got to make sure for uh, my West Coast listeners out there, of course. Uh, now. On that note, also, quick uh, week of birthdays. Happy birthday to Rex Fluger, Fred Gadelli, and LIU Post Pioneers graduated Captain Anthony D'Annunzio. Oh, geez. happy birthday, man. They know his birthday. Great guy. Great guy. That's Thanks, cool. Chris. Yeah, D'Annunzio, absolutely. that's a cool name. Anthony D'Annunzio, arguably the best uh, football player um, in the NE10 conference on the defensive side this season. This yeah, past he was season. great. He was great. It was great watching him for two years. Yeah. Oh, I know. Same. It was great. Didn't go to here. It was good hands. Didn't even go here. <laughs> More like five for me. That was, that was insane. Um, on that note, yes, guys, remember, call in 516-299-2030. Uh, feel free to take part in our live show. 
Um, and yeah, Facebook Live listeners, thank you very much for watching. It is time. It is team of the week time. Um, and James will be joining us in just a moment. But um, let's start with Kyle Russo. Who is your team of the week? I am going to go with the Oakland Athletics, Tom. And I'm going with them because they have won 11 of the last 14. Chris Davis, left fielder, finally, finally this team has built something around him, the star that he is. He has 34 home runs this year, third behind J.D. Martinez and Jose Ramirez this year. They're adding some pieces like Mike mm-hmm. Fires, Juarez Familia, who you never know what he's going to get, but when he's good, he's good. Did you say Juarez Familia? Juarez. I'd... <laughs> you know what? That's my team of the week, Tom. That's my team of the week. Mike? <laughs> um, I will go with the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, they gained a lot of ground. Matt Rubbing Carpenter. Off on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Matt Carpenter on my fantasy team, hottest hitter in baseball, unbelievable. And they have won nine of their last ten, including eight in a row, four back from the Central. I mean, they really played them. And they're one back from the second wild card spot. Actually, both wild card spots are tied. So, I mean, they're right there. And I think it's all because of Matt Carpenter and Paul DeJong. Two weeks in a row. I'm going to agree with Mike here. This is the second week in a row. I will take the birds of St. Louis. You know what they say? Great mind. Think alike. Yeah. Who are you picking? Well, Tom finished. I thought thought he passed it. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously for the similar reasons as Mike, Adam Wainwright is on his way back, and they're now 11 games over 500. The NL Central race is tight. And honestly, at this point, it's getting to the point where you could potentially see three teams from the Central and only one team from the West and one team from the East. This is getting serious here. I think the Cardinals have a lot of young talent. Um, Bader comes out of nowhere playing in center field, gets three hits yesterday. I really like where this team is headed. They just got to get a little more healthy, and then we'll see. Chris? All right. Not going to pick a baseball team like all you guys did. I'm going with the New York Jets. Is my team of the week? All right. Okay. Not look, we, not yeah. Thank you, Mike. And look, me and Mike are itching to get out of here and watch the Jets tonight because there's a lot to show. Look, you, you saw the Jets just look incredible when they played the Falcons last week. Teddy Bridgewater comes in, goes eight for nine, has ninety uh, something passing yards, and looks great. And the big news is that Sam Donald looked phenomenal in his debut. A what? Uh, Eleven for fourteen, and it had it also had eighty something yards and a touchdown. This Jets team is looking great on both ends of the foot uh, on both ends of the field with offense and defense, and I couldn't be just be more excited about the Jets playing football this year. You know, one of the special things about the show is that you know we just bring people in randomly right off their work shifts. James, welcome to the studio. What's up, guys? Uh, yeah. So- this is the so. final hour of review and preview for the next three weeks. So um, let's get to your team of the week. We'll throw you right into the pit. All right. So uh, I actually have a player of the week, too. Ooh, show yes. Me. Yes, yep. you you do. That's right. Uh, I'm going with Tiger Woods. Love after, it. After yes. his last weekend, Back. backed by, uh, I think, Two strokes. Yeah, he lost to Brooks by two. Yeah, so I see him breaking out eventually, either this year or next year. Um, in my team of the week, even though the Mets haven't been winning consistently, Ooh. I'm going with the Mets considering they they beat the Yankees. They're putting up power numbers last night, and I was updating, seeing the score at work, 
and they were putting they're like 15 and whatever four right now so i'm like i gotta go with them at this point just because they're producing all of a sudden and they won for the ground so i mean when's the next time you could pick the mets as your team in a week maybe next season it's not now than never so yeah i like it i like your player of the week a lot a lot of, a lot of people forget tiger's 42 years old i mean he's got a lot of golf left in him yeah i mean his comeback story is crazy like all is. those uh that uh, DUI thing, I don't know. DUIs, the scandals, the whole, yeah, the way back then. I mean, it's Tiger is what his injuries, it? yeah, you know? back injuries too. And Tough. you know, I, I give you respect as well for picking the Mets, um, despite the one loss to the Orioles. I think that could be overlooked potentially with the way they've played these last two days. And if this carries over into the series against the Phillies this weekend, which right now it is, it the is, Phillies yeah. beat the Red Sox yesterday, <laughs> and the Mets are beating the Phillies by eleven runs in the fifth inning. Red Sox must have beaten them up. Baseball something. And look, if you're the Mets this weekend, you got Syndergaard pitching, you got DeGrom pitching, and then there's Vargas and Mats, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> if, if you split those, then you'll be in decent shape. And I think Wheeler gets thrown in into the mix. I think, so I think we're seeing all pitchers. It's five games, so very unique scenario. On that note, let's get to college football. Uh, Notre Dame... It will be a green out on Saturday, September 1st. That is where college game day will be. It comes to South Bend, Indiana. The number 11 uh, team in the nation, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, will play against the number 14 Michigan Wolverines. This is the first meeting between the two schools since 2014. Uh, I was a sophomore in college. I'm now one year removed from college. That's a long time. Uh, Michigan leads the all-time series 24-16-1, to but Notre Dame did win back in 2014 by a shutout 31 nothing and chris fun fact for you here i, like I think you'll facts. you'll appreciate this because mike dawes did last week Ooh. uh the first college game day road show aired at notre dame in 1993 so the first time it's been back there in 25 years that, you know that that was really fun i had a good time i had a great time listening <laughs> yeah. to that fact Chris, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for no, for Notre Dame football to start. I'm very excited for this team. You had a lot. You have a lot of guys returning on the defense and on the offense too. Tillery, Oops. you got Tillery coming back. You got Coney coming back. Bonner, Bonner. You got him. You got Tranquil. Love Drew whole, Tranquil. Love love Drew Tranquil. I mean, you lo- you're losing some key, some key guys on the offense. You're losing. Uh, Equemius State Brown. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. State yeah, Brown. Him. You lost Josh Adams. And you um you lost Darren Smythe too, but and that, Nelson and McGlinchey too. And Nelson McGlinchey, yeah. That's a lot. I don't know why I forgot those guys, but they're not a good fan, so But they got bars. <laughs> they got still. you they got, got bars. Alex Bars coming and back. You got Sam Mustafer. Must- Sam Mustafer coming back for his third season at center. And then you have two uh three guys who are gonna replace them. You have Tommy Kramer coming back as well, as long as Liam Eichberg and Robert Hainsey, who are all who are all top uh top O lineman recruits when they were in high school. Parker Bedreau. If you're listening, yes, we are friends on Snapchat. You transferred to UCF. Why'd you leave? You could have been a starter on this line. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, how dare you go to a Division One school, you yeah. know, undefeated. 12-0. UCF 12-0. Real national champ. Real national Um Let's talk about some, you know, we brought up some freshmen, impact freshmen this year. Remember, uh, Tua, not going to try to pronounce his last name. I did it on a show back in February. Um, but anyway, um, his impact, the national championship game over Jalen Hurts to give Alabama the national title. But these impact freshmen, Justin Fields out of Georgia and 
Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. These kids have starting potential as true freshmen. Uh, they might even start. They might come out and start week week one, quite frankly, because right now uh, these two teams are ranked amongst the top four in the nation, along with Ohio State at number three, Bama at number one. I'm not sure if there's been movement over the last week, but I still think that's the top solidified yeah. four for now. Yeah. Um, Kyle, what's your thoughts on these two kids, if any? Well, Justin feels they, that he's the number one prospect, I think, of all, in all of college football. Yeah. He's athletic freak. Could run the ball, throws it 100 yards down the field. For sure. Strong, fast, everything. But I don't think he's going to wind up starting over Fromm because Fromm just oh, had an yeah, incredible Fromm. season last season. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be one of the top prospects in the draft if he is eligible. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is eligible. Fromm is a junior now? I think he's a junior. Yeah. So I, was, I think I he, thought he was a sophomore. I thought he was. Uh, maybe playing wise, he's a sophomore? He might be. I don't know. He'd be like but, a redshirt sophomore. But I don't think Fields will wind up starting over him. But um, maybe this Clemson freshman could wind up starting over Kelly Bryant. I mean, there's a great possibility for that to happen if he winds up beating him out of the job. So, um, according to this here, Fromm is a sophomore. Okay. You knew it. Genius. Out of Warner Robins, Georgia, Houston County. Uh, and then, of course, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. I mean, he, he, he looked good in high school. You know, this is a guy he, he you take the hair off him. He kind of reminds you of Nick Foles. He's tall. He's lanky. He's just 18 years old. Um, uh, he just makes the 90s cut. 6'5", 205. Um, and right, he played at Cartersville High School in Georgia. So, again, this is, this is something that if you're number 16 on Clemson this year, you got to look forward to your career with this team because Clemson – is a big name school right now, and multiple recruiters have called him a once in a generation player. So this kid can be something special. Is all the hype real? Well, we'll see. Uh, Chris, Mike, uh, and James, we've been talking about this for a while. Kyle as well. The two scandals that have been going on Urban Meyer, uh, administrative leave, paid administrative leave. Will he return at all this season? Is is, is 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 there a shot? Probably not. I, I think, think I, so. I I think he's done. I think his legacy is ruined. Yeah, Mike, you're an Ohio State well, fan. Let's hear your opinion. Maybe I'm crazy. I feel like he's going to be back because Ohio State. I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be bad guys and just keep them. Look, they I fired. So see that they fired Jim Trestle over tattoos. Okay, it was it was more than tattoos, buddy. <laughs> oh, jerseys as well. Yeah, it was Sorry. a bunch of illegal stuff. So, and they, they didn't fire. He resigned. Okay. It's a difference. <laughs> he totally resigned. So, There's nothing like, going on. I mean, <laughs> yes. My- <laughs> oh, so forced. Yeah, so forced. Meyer did oh have gosh. knowledge of these allegations, but Zach Smith kept the DUI arrest a secret from Meyer. Meyer was not aware of this. So, you know, it's crazy because now you have your offensive coordinator, Day, as the interim head coach. Um, and uh, OSU is going to play Oregon State week one at home, I think, right? Or is, yeah. that, or is that a neutral site? I don't even know, but smack them by 40. That would be Look, fun. I mean, do you, do you think there's going to be much of a difference not having Urban Meyer on that sideline week one? Yes, but well, not in the score. But I think over time you will see, obviously, a difference because Urban Meyer, second best college coach right now. I'm not going to say first, even though I want to. But uh, it's just so tough because I really would love to see him back. But uh, Who's the first? Over, well, I swallowed my pride and thought Nick Saban. 
What about Dabo Sweeney? Yeah, some say Dabo, but I say no, no. Saban, <laughs> Sweeney, <laughs> say Saban no, and no. Sweeney and Meyer uh, neck and neck for I mean, second. I'm super biased, so it's irrelevant. Um, but yeah, I used to call him the first best. Everyone looked at me crazy, and I called him second best. Everyone looked at me crazy. So, yeah, he's I don't a crazy know. guy, man. I don't know. I, ho- I hope he comes back, but he probably won't. Whatever. Speaking of scandals, there's another one going on in Maryland. Jordan McNair died two months ago after a preseason workout. Kyle Russo. Oh my God! When I heard about this, this was terrible. After a conditioning this was, test, this was terrible. After a conditioning test, not even that, but they knew the kid couldn't handle the Has heat issues, and yes. they didn't put any like ice compressions on her, give Players him water. Die every year. From I heard heat that strokes. afterwards, they made him walk off the field himself and just walk through the rest of the drills. It's not like even he was taken off the field. Mm-hmm. They made him walk the shame. rest of the drills. Jordan McNair, oh my God. James. Uh, he was hospitalized and then died of a heat stroke two weeks later. What are your thoughts? It's definitely a sad story for everybody around, for the team, for his friends, family, etc. Um, but do you, I've I don't want to put blame on him. I you know you the, all the blame should go on the coaching staff on their you know on that whole staff in general. But do you think the kid, if he did like speak up and be like, listen? I can't take this. I'm sitting out no matter what you're saying. Like, could, could you have seen that? Like, do you think he said anything like that? Or just was like, all right, I'll just walk through it, like power through it, like no pain, no game kind of thing. And then it ended up in a sad story. Like, I'm I'm not faulting the kid in any way. But do you think he should have, like, just pulled himself out himself without having the coaches or the coaching staff having a complete eye under him the whole entire time um we're talking like maturity here yeah like knowing your limits i don't know i mean it's tough it's just a level of competition in the game you know i mean this kid is he was 19 years old he probably was there on a scholarship worked his way up through high school and middle school to be scouted in the first place i mean it's just these guys don't quit no matter what you think he is going to do anything and obviously listen under the circumstances obviously if he would have known the final consequence of it he would have stopped himself but you don't know i mean you you don't know what's happening i mean you feel hot you just keep on pushing through he's not going to take a break i mean that's just what it is look i mean i've i've played football i know what it's like to play in this this heat so i want to know like where was the trainer during all this like because honestly if i'm hot and i feel like that during playing football I, I get it. he's trying to work his butt off to try and be on the team and make the roster and be on the field. I get that. But, I mean, like, you also got to take in, in, take insight for your health, too. I mean, this coach must have been dogging him left and right. and must have, like, br- put it in his brain, like, because there were other reports, like, he's a bad coach, like, he's really tough and all this kind of stuff, like, that came out. So it must have been, like, ingrained, like, oh, if you quit on me, you'll get cut from the team, you'll lose your scholarship or something like that. And, like, that was, like, maybe, like, forced him to, like, not go to the trainer or, like, who knows even where the trainer was. So It said that originally when he had the uh, the heat stroke, he fell to the ground and they made him get up and just walk the rest of the drill. So they don't yeah. – I mean, that alone right there, DJ Durkin gone. I mean, I'm pretty sure one of the – I think a linesman coach resigned this week. I forgot what his name well, is. Well, look, the Big Ten is bad news right now. I yeah. mean, DJ Durkin and three staff members placed on administrative leave. I don't know – who the others were, but I know Matt Canada is still there, the offensive coordinator, and he'll be the interim head coach. Just a sad not a good situation. Yeah, sad story. Texas will play at Maryland week one. This is awful. Uh, 
Let's preview some other college football games, though. Miami versus LSU, number 8 versus number 24. Interesting matchup there. You got number 6, Washington, against number 10, Auburn. Whenever you have a top 10 matchup, week 1, your eyes are glued to the TV. I mean, this is going to be a good game. Really good game, I think. Uh, Then you got Bama and Louisville. Virginia Tech at Florida State should be interesting. Two two mid-level teams ranked in the teens, 15 to 20. And then the rankings right now, it's got Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia as the top four, followed by Oklahoma, Washington, Wisconsin, Miami, Penn State, and Auburn to round out your top ten with Chris, Notre Dame, number 11, on the outside looking in. What do we think of these rankings? Uh, who's going to win? First, let's pick this Washington-Auburn game here. It's a top ten game. we got to pick it. Uh, I'm going with Auburn. We'll go Washington. Big fan of the uh, Huskies, I think they're called. Hold on. Breaking, breaking news. Jose Urena has been suspended for six games. Yeah. Which is a joke. That's one start. Yeah. So, MLB for you. <laughs> yeah, Washington. They, they play good defense. I'm going to go with Auburn on this one. I just feel how they ended off the season so strongly defensively. SEC. I feel like they're going to keep it up again and continue on play that way. James? Washington. Washington. James is going to go with Washington. Uh, two to two, Chris. You're the tiebreaker here. It's going to be tough. But I like Washington. Though. I, just, I like the SEC team in this matchup because I mean they play a lot more they fierce a lot more competition physical. than Washington. A lot more physical yeah. than. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you can judge it based. It, we'll, we'll find out. Now is Jacob Eason starting for Washington this year? I think. That's interesting. That was the quarterback for Georgia, for those that don't know. Yes, or, or listen, the yeah, quarterback from Georgia two years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Luke Falk, he was drafted this year. Yeah, so I, th- I think yeah, but he he doesn't have to wait the one year for transferring or whatnot. No, I don't think so. Okay, I'm gonna eat one of these crackers. All right, sure. Then. Go ahead. <laughs> Staring at me the whole time. Um, yeah, Jacob Eason is a junior this season. Um, I know he was part of the scout team last year when he was redshirted. I think right because he was transfer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, quickly here. Final four national championship winner. Ohio State won't finish the season in the top four. Oh, I don't know. Mike? I think they will. Not happening. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they, they don't have – all they got to do is beat Michigan, and they always beat Michigan. They never have trouble with that. Mike? So where's the loss coming? Michigan State. No. Yes. Alabama. Did you guys play Penn State, too? I don't care. Trace McSworley is going to come in. Of course and we play Penn State. I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys. I think it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Penn State, and probably Georgia. Yeah. With Notre Dame finishing at five or six. All right. I'm going to go with Bama, Wisconsin, Terrible pick. Penn State. No, not Penn State. I lied. Um, wow. Ohio State. Ohio State will make a guy. I like. I love Nick Bosa a lot. So two Big Ten teams, even though they have to face each other in the Big Ten championship game. Okay. You put a lot of thought into this, man. I like, I like it. <laughs> I just hate I you. Hate I'm sorry. You so much. <laughs> Ohio State, Wisconsin, Georgia, Alabama. Yeah, so what's up, Dawes? 
What's up? You need like ten teams. It's on. It's on. It's on paper, pen and paper. Yeah, it was Tommy Mack. Tommy, write oh, that wait. down too. This is set in stone. Oh, yeah, set in stone. Oh. I'm coming for you. I know where you live. I can't wait till Notre Dame gets in the Camping World Bowl. That'll be yeah, a good time. On like two o'clock on ESPN. Mike does. You're up. I'm gonna go with. Does that have to be an order or just? No. All right. All right. So um, mad at you right now. Sixteen four Mets Conforto solo shot. Would you look yeah. at that? Love it. All right, I will go with Alabama, Ohio State. Ew. Yeah, it's pretty weird so far. All right, Alabama, Ohio State, Washington, Miami. Shouldn't have said Miami. Shouldn't have said it. We can, oh, come it, on, man. These don't have to be state. This is a, like a very early. Okay. No, these are set in stone. <laughs> set in stone. <laughs> Tom, I'm going to go what you said. I, I like that a lot. I like having Bama in there. I like Penn State in there. You know, Penn State has this, I know, to replace Saquon Barkley must be really hard, especially when he was responsible for 33% of your offense last season. But they got this running back that they're raving about. I don't, I can't, rem- uh, I can't remember his name, but they love him. Trace McSorley coming back another season. I'm going with Penn State in that. Tom, I like everything you said, everything you picked. Having um, Georgia in there also. Hmm. Shouldn't pick Miami. Trying you to remember. You're uh, picking Miami. Trying to remember who his name was. It was a five-star guy. Yeah. Uh, Slade, maybe? No, I don't think he's Ricky name. Slade? No. James. I'm going with uh, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Washington, and Penn State. Wait, you picked five. All right, then uh, <laughs> take out uh, Washington. Clemson, Alabama, Penn State, Georgia. Yeah. So me, James, and Kyle have the same top four. Um, oh, wow. I want to. I want to re-put in Clemson. Forgot all about Clemson that existence. Over Miami. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. He's getting nervous over there. So, and so I wanna, nervous. And I want a backup policy on Oklahoma, just in case. Just okay. in case. Uh, a backup policy. All right. Um, just in case. Pick a team, man. Come on, you're all over the place. National here. championship winner. Uh, look, uh, this is tough. Do we want to hold off till we come back on that? Bama. I mean, I can go first. Ohio State. What's up? Oh, Ohio State. Bama. Bama. Kyle's got Bama. Mike's got OSU. Clint. Bama. Wisconsin. Bama over Wisconsin. Bama over Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Winning a playoff. James. Georgia. Georgia. You. Me. Yeah. I'm. 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 I'm I'm looking at you. (laughs) I said Bama. You. You wrote it down. (laughs) (laughs) We're all losing it here. Bama over Penn State, the Ooh. school you Ooh, committed to. Steamy. Listen, that's a good pick. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Their football cr- program is incredible. But I'm rolling with Nick Saban and Bama. I just, you know, they just, they just know how to win. Sure do. On that note, we're going to step aside for our final break of the evening. When we come back, we will talk NFL preseason, Giants, Jets. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. This is Review and Preview. On WCWPSports.org. I feel the master. I feel we the master. Good evening and welcome back to Review Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Chris Klamazuski, James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes. Thank you, Tommy Mack, for joining us on Facebook Live. We miss you here in the studio. It's our last Thursday night show, so glad you can be here for the last half an hour we're moving to fridays come september 7 to 9 p.m love it be there or be square um nfl preseason obviously jake ryan is out for the year 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers frustrated with his receivers. Another injury to talk about Seattle and their first round pick, Rashad Penny, broken bone in his finger. Between injuries and suspension, there's a lot going on right now, guys. Winston's out the first three games. Edelman four, Fowler for one. Um, Wentz has not been cleared yet to take snaps in preseason. Who starts for the Eagles week one at quarterback? Foles. There's no. I think so. Foles. There's no. Sure. There's no reason to rush uh, Wentz back. The man just. This guy just won you a Super Bowl. Okay, as a backup. How many? Pe- I don't think anyone can say that in football ever. So I mean, well, that's not true. But okay, <laughs> no, I mean like a backup. Winning no, it's, it's still so not like, true. It's still oh, not the true. The Giants like, did it. The Redskins did it. Trent Dilfer. You know what? I'm losing. Jeff Hostetler. Jeff Hostetler. Okay, you know what? I was wrong. I mean, just showed your <laughs> Doug, <laughs> Doug Williams. No, we're Doug we're Williams. so fighting in the parking lot after this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's no need. Ru- we get the point. It doesn't happen often. We yeah yeah. It, yeah. There's no need to rush Wentz back and anything like that. Nick Foles is a fine starting quarterback for you. So let him play it out until Wentz is absolutely 100%. Yes. Yeah, I would, I would agree with <laughs> that. Ag- agreed on that. Um, Frisco went out and signed Alfred Morris this week. Uh, the Raiders, obviously, you know, they hired a 26-year-old female assistant coach. Um, you know, John Gruden uh, gave Martavis Bryant the white tiger analogy, similar to what he did with Joey Galloway in Tampa Bay. James, uh, we were talking about this. Um, I'm not sure we were talking about this last night or we probably brought it up at some point but um, the way Gruden right now we feel like he kind of not only slapped Khalil Mack in the face but all these new guys coming in I mean the chemistry Colin Martavis Bryant and the White Tiger yeah it's going to be an interesting um, rest of the preseason I believe the beginning if not most of this season just because of what Gruden has if I'm saying his last name correctly, has brought in to that organization. If we look yeah. at it, they were headed down a right path. They're moving to Vegas in two to three years. They're getting a brand new home. They're getting this, that, and everything else. Then you bring in him. All right, he's he hasn't coached in God knows how long. And then you, you're not giving Mac what he wants or what he needs to potentially help this team go yeah. decently far. Yeah. So in my eyes, you're kind of hurting the team on what you're doing because of just your layout of everything. You have everything lined up to be very good walking into a brand new stadium, a brand new facility, a brand new fan base. Yeah. And you're going to mess it up because of this? He needs to look at the whole picture and be like, listen, all right, I made a fool of myself where I made the mistakes. I need to step back and be like, let's fix this all. Let's, let's, Let's try to restart. And I think by restarting, the answer is not bringing in two older receivers, Martavis Bryant and Jordy Nelson, and then bringing in Doug Martin on the offense. Kyle, we spoke about this last night. Yeah, it just doesn't I make sense. I don't think it's a I good mean, idea. This, I mean, if you acquired these guys, you know, like three years ago, this would have been great. This would have been like the talk of that they, they would have won the offseason. But now it just doesn't make sense to have – I mean, everybody sees uh, Amari Cooper – as Derek Carr's number one option the past couple of years, but Amari Cooper hasn't been able to catch a ball since like 2015. Michael Crabtree was the number one guy, yeah, and you I just agree. let him go easily. I mean, Doug Martin, what does that do for you? I mean, is he really gonna? Is he gonna be a third, third down guy over Marshawn Lynch? What is he gonna be for you? Right. And then and Jordy Nelson, fantastic player, no doubt about it, but 30 something years old, 
has had back problems his entire career. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, and then the whole Mac situation. The Mac what situation kind of, is absurd. What kind mess. of, as in, not only the Raiders say there's a, not much to worry about, but I mean, like if you're the if know. you're the president or owner of this team, what does that say for you to easily just hand out a hundred million dollars to John Gruden, who hasn't coached in like over a decade? Yeah. And you can't even have a meeting with Khalil Mack since February. I mean, what does it? What does that say, as your team? I mean, like James was saying, this team is has high hopes. You know, coming off a great season two years ago with Derek Carr, and now look where they're headed. Real slap in the face to Khalil Mack for sure. Um, brighter news though: um, former New York Giant uh, Chase Blackburn has been promoted to the special teams coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. And Blackburn actually replaced current Giants special teams coordinator Thomas McGaugie, who Gettleman brought over from the Panthers. Blackburn was his assistant last season. I really liked him as a Giant. He was a spot starter, but he did his job at the big pick in the Super Bowl. A lot of people forget he broke his neck rookie year. Um, And then, you know, he came back with a force. He was one of the more consistent linebackers on a team that really didn't have much depth uh, after Antonio Pierce left. So good for him. Glad to see that at a young age, you know. He's still only, you know, 33, 34 years old maybe. So he's still young and glad to see him coaching. Uh, The Cleveland Browns um, had over 100 puppies adopted at their training camp. Another fun fact. That was fun, and but very weird by the Browns. Browns. Yeah, the biggest. Well, so are the Browns <laughs> like pug, pug, pug dogs, right? Yeah, that's their I, that's their mascot, right, Kyle? Yeah, just just start winning soon because that can't be the highlight of your season. Well, they also have those Bud Light fridges, so <laughs> big news from Cleveland. Yes, but will people go to the games? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think right now, Baker Mayfield or Tyrod Taylor. Who's going to start? Tyrod. Tyrod. I think Tyrod Taylor is a very underrated player. Yeah. He, he is a game manager. He does not make many mistakes. He led the Bills to the playoffs last year. People, for, uh, oh this, gets me, this gets me, <laughs> agi- this so gets me agitated because people say Tyrod Taylor is not a good quarterback. Yeah, maybe he's not the best, but people forget he led the Bills, the Bills, to – a playoff Ooh. appearance last year. Thanks to the Bengals, but sure, yeah, he, he did. But N- still, nine, he, nine and seven, is good. nine and seven, led into the playoffs, and it was on the back of Tyrod Taylor. Then they they go out and release him for some asinine reason, which I still don't understand why. But I like Tyrod. I'm a Tyrod Taylor fan, so I think he he's going to be a great fit for the first couple weeks in, for the Browns, and until Baker Mayfield takes over. True. You got to remember too, Tyrod his entire career with Buffalo, he never had a receiver ever. That yeah, offense was just sure. LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. And now he's got a surplus of guys in Josh Gordon, Callaway, Landry. Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. I mean, no Joku, Hi, Johnson, yeah. Nick Chubb. I mean, Crackers again, fans. Sorry. Now, and he doesn't throw yeah, interceptions either. No, he he really doesn't. He threw like six or seven maybe last year. He's very year. conservative. He is. Um. The Browns' rookies shined in the preseason game against the Giants. Uh, Joe, who's second-year guy, had two touchdowns. Denzel Ward and Baker. We saw three of the top four draft picks in that game last Thursday night. Yeah. Between Barkley, his breakout run, Baker Mayfield looked sharp, uh, and Denzel Ward. I didn't see much of him. I'm not sure if he played. I think he got a couple snaps oh, in Denzel. possible. Yeah. Buckeye. 
Buckeye, I saw a video of him practice. He deflected a pass. I was like, nice. <laughs> so um, that's my update. <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks, um, Jacksonville Jaguars defensive back Jalen Ramsey pr- praises Blake Bortles but calls out everyone else in the league. Kyle, let's go over Blake Bortles' AFC Championship game stats. They took a knee with a minute and a half left in the first half to bring it to the locker room. Blake Bortles is the part of the reason why Jacksonville is not in the Super Bowl. You had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Jacksonville should have been in the Super Bowl. Yep, they should have been. And if you read, because the media, they only put out what they want to put out. If you read the entire quote, Jalen Ramsey actually ended off by saying, it's not Blake Bortles' fault that the organization didn't trust him last year. And it's true. What he's saying is not wrong. They don't trust him. And obviously there's reasons for not trusting him. But... Like you said, Tom, they should have won that game. No doubt about it. I mean, the Patriots basically gifted that game to them, and they had every every opportunity to win that game. Just couldn't pull it out. This just in one hour ago, Des Bryant is seeking a one-year prove-it deal with the Cleveland Browns. Very excited about his visit with Cleveland. I think he's so bad, so I would love to see him on the Browns. <laughs> well, he, did, right he, did, he deserves to be on the Browns at this he point, really does. you know, yeah. uh, which they will be, will be better potentially this season. Um, Ramsey also said, back to Bortles, actually, back, back to Bortles for a second. This man is awful. Yeah. He, he really is. He yeah. throws interceptions. He overthrows receivers. He just lost Hearns and Rob, well, Robinson last year, but yeah. Hearns this year as well. This Jacksonville offense is in trouble, and a couple of their defensive players are running their mouths. This could be an issue. This this could be yeah. an issue, and it could open up the door for a team like the Houston Texans that are getting J.J. Watt to Sean Watson back. I don't know. Well, listen, I, it's it's really all in it's all in Bortles' hands at this think, point. You think Houston wins the South this year over Jacksonville? I think because I know Bortles is the only problem with the with the Jaguars. I mean, you look at it; they added Andrew Norwell, who's one of the best guards in the game. Didn't. Didn't even let up a sack, uh, a sack last season for Cam Newton. So you add him into a team that almost beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship. And here's game. the problem: you can't rely on Leonard Fournette to run behind Andrew Norwell forty times a game. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna have yeah. Blake Bortles. You're gonna have to throw the ball. I mean, that's what you're getting paid eighteen million dollars a year for. Somehow that you're making eighteen million dollars. Austin Jenkins is one of their tight ends. I mean, yeah. this offense is just not good. I was gonna say they only have one really good skill position player and that's Leonard Fournette the receiving core is not good it's not good I mean, if you all. want to call ASJ really good Chris I wouldn't no he's a, a, he's, he's a bell he's gone he's a bell. Yeah. Yeah. this is bad I mean look it's tough I mean Ramsey's still running his mouth said Kaepernick is possibly better than some first stringers we'll get to that in just a few moments but um to wrap up like the preseason talk here um new rules within the NFL that took effect last year um, the kickoffs remain intact, which older veterans like Adam Vinatieri and Phil Dawson very happy about that because you're eliminating a position. Of the special yeah. teams is a very underrated part of football. And Phil Dawson and Adam Vinatieri, who in fact happen to be the only two players remaining from the 1990s wow. in the NFL prior to 2000. Those are the only two players left that were drafted before 2000. Um, and they're very happy that that's intact. Remember, no more 75-man cut down, 90 straight to 53. Obviously, you can cut players if you want, but um, the 53-man roster um, deadline is no later than 4 p.m. New York time on September 1st, and a second player can return from injured reserve. 
So, you know, these are some things that we saw last year a little bit. And it brings in more competition in the preseason, you know? It's not like where half the guys that you're going to cut get cut after two to three games. You know, it's these guys have four games to prove themselves now. You know, it's a shame because some players can't get their foot in the door. So it takes them more than two games in preseason to develop. I don't know. That's just a yeah. thought of mine. Uh, anyway, there's going to be three games in London this year, one in Mexico. Looking forward to it. Uh, Monday Night Football, and now you have Jason Witten in the booth joining Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Great name. Um, Tom, How'd they come up with that name? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Probably a nickname. Anyway, Tom Brady expected to play tonight for New England against the Eagles. This is a Super Bowl rematch. Ooh, um, can't wait. I'm going to tune in. What do we expect from this game, James? Before we jump to that, I want to add a quick thing. Sure. I saw on ESPN today that um, that Nick Foles never got the congratulatory handshake oh, for Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. So... Everybody's thinking, oh, maybe he'll get it tonight during the preseason or after the preseason game. Well, I think Brady just left when after, at the end of the season. Yeah. Brady tends to, to do It's nothing personal against the other quarterback. Yeah. Once he loses, he's off the field within right. 30 seconds. Yeah. So, he doesn't want to be bothered. You know? Yeah. Well, did he, go to, did he go to Eli? I think he might have went to Eli. I think he went to Eli yes. in 2000. I don't yeah, know about 2007, I think, but I 2011, he, I know he went to Eli. I know. Well, look, it, when... He, somebody does it to you for the second time you kind of have to go yeah you know yeah <laughs> um yeah you know other game pittsburgh green bay tonight as well and friday you got a bunch of games kansas city at atlanta miami at carolina cleveland host buffalo and saturday you got jacksonville at minnesota cincinnati at dallas should be interesting um and then monday night you got baltimore at indy baltimore already two and oh in the preseason so looking forward to all those games let's quickly we're not going to do our playoffs and super and super bowl picks tonight we'll do that when we come back based off of time uh let's go through the top one through ten nfl team rankings and where the jets and giants lie so right now the eagles are number one then right behind them you have jacksonville at number two new england at number three the rams are fourth Minnesota is fifth. The Saints are sixth. Atlanta is seventh. I say that a little squirmishly there. The eighth are the Packers. Ninth are the Steelers. Tenth, Carolina. Um, I think Minnesota and New Orleans should be a little higher. And you said Jacksonville was two? Yeah. I think that's wildly overrated. Yeah. Wildly overrated. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Not according, down, but according like, to NFL.com. second best team to have New Orleans at six and have Jacksonville at two. Yeah, it's kind of New Orleans is probably a Super Bowl favorite this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they literally, literally, the world's dumbest mistake cost them the game against the Vikings. Oh, that was tough. Yeah. Won so much money on that. That's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Jaguars over under is nine. I thought it'd be higher than yeah. that for a second ranked team. It's that's interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, I mean, I agree with the Eagles at one, but I don't think they'll win 13 games again this year because the right. NFC got a lot better in the offseason. You talk about Frisco, the Giants adding skills players. Uh, the the Rams got corners. They did. Um, despite giving up Tremaine Johnson. And you you look at the, uh, the NFC South, Carolina got better. Um, Atlanta's always a wild card. 
in the North, Detroit is better. Minnesota is better. You know, Green Bay getting Aaron Rodgers back. You never count them out. I think the NFC is a toss-up. Because let, let, let's be real here, guys. You can name about six good teams in the, in the AFC. Six good, legit teams. Yeah. In the NFC, there's like 10 or 11. Yeah, I think it's even less than six in the AFC. But uh, Can- I agree, NFC's way deeper. Was Kansas City in that top ten that you read off? They were, I think, they were not. I think they should definitely be a top ten team. With an unproven Pat Mahomes at quarterback? They're so deep defensively now, and so they have a great offensive line. Kareem Hunt on a second year. I, I mean, disagree. I, we're, yeah, I also disagree. Well, were the Chargers in there? I think the Chargers are I way disagree. better than uh, Kansas City. I think the Chargers are favorites to win their division. Uh, they, should yeah, they should be now with the Broncos, Raiders. I think with the West, the highest team ranked here in the AFC West, West is actually the Chargers at number 12. Um, look, Verrett and Hunter Henry are coming back off of injuries. Um, their top picks, Forrest Lamp and Mike Williams, they missed majority of last season. They're back. And, you know, perhaps Williams can kind of consolidate the absence of Henry in the, um, in the, in the red zone. And what is going on? <laughs> yeah. What is going on? They had two the, back-to-back the, base-loaded walks and then the Ploiecki thing. 21 to 4? What inning? What is going on? How about the seven? Oh my God. Is this baseball? <laughs> is, this, is this real? Is this the Mets? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow, Chris, they got to have. You're awfully quiet over there. It's uh, um, with the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded with this the Mets. Like, He's like the win I'm now, at- and then tonight's game they'll just get blown out. They could have oh, used absolutely. half these runs to start the month of June. Yeah, they could have used all of them to help the ground. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my. Goodness, man! That's absurd. Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Is now they're in the top of the eighth inning, but um, yeah. Back it, to look, this tweet just came out. The Mets have set a franchise record for runs in consecutive games with thirty-seven and counting. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Can the Mets finish the season at five hundred? Why why stop there? Can it happen? <laughs> let's, let's go ten games over. Um, back to the NFL though. Um, the Giants are currently ranked nineteenth. The Jets are ranked 26th. That's about right. It's fair. That's about right. I mean, it, they're unproven, and on paper the Giants got better, so of course they're going to rank it that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. That's just how it is. Um, will, will those be the rankings at the end of the season? Probably not. Probably going to be very different for each team, but we'll see. You don't know until week one. Um, Who do they put the Patriots? Three. Number one. Patriots are number th- oh, the three. 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 Oh, Eagles number one. Three. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Giants and the Jets, let's get to the Giants and the Jets. Um, as you read Block H carefully there before we start it, um, we will preview the Giants. And oh my goodness, Jerry Bluffin. Jerry. Was this anybody is expecting preview, folks. Jerry Blevins to get a hit this season? <laughs> Jerry Blevins wow. gets an RBI single. If anybody had money on him, is this monstrous? This lucky. is monstrosity right now. Monstrosity. Twenty-two to four. Blevins. <laughs> this guy started a game this year. It. Remember those two weeks in June where they couldn't like buy a run, and now they have like twenty-one. <laughs> They, they have Scott Kingery pitching a second baseman. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my That's goodness. That's fantastic. So much for our NFL segment. How did you get back to the Mets? I mean, this is crazy. Um, this is great. I we will it. try to stick to NFL here, folks. Um, the Browns beat the Giants 20-10. to 10. Let's face it. 
Uh, once Barkley left the game, the Giants did not look good. Davis Webb looked like the worst backup quarterback the NFL has ever seen. Uh, the Browns looked a lot better. Mayfield, 11-20, 212 yards, two TDs in his NFL debut. And Tyrod Taylor was a perfect 5-for-5, five five, 99 yards, one touchdown. And you look at those stats, that completely got overshadowed by Baker. His first NFL first NFL game action, I should yeah. say. The rookie Callaway, three catches, 87 yards, a touchdown. Second year Joku had two touchdowns. Burned Darian Thompson. I mean, I know Curtis Riley, the starting free safety, supposedly, was out. But Dar- Darian Thompson is not, part, is not a part of the future of this team. At best, the backup. He is bad. They're in trouble, that so entire bad. secondary. The secondary is the weak part of the defense. You look at the front seven on paper, it looks great. The back four is terrible. I mean, at least you got someone as good as Eli Apple. I mean, come on, guys. Oh, really? <laughs> Even Jack Rabbit hasn't looked too hot. No. His whole off-the-field s- scenario, and then, look, Landon Collins is, plays more like a linebacker than a safety. Did you see the play at the uh, training facility, the one that got released, how Saquon got hurt? No. He was okay. So Saquon outran Jackrabbit by a mile, and that's how he pulled his hamstring. So this is. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, their, their corners are in shambles right now. You know, Sam Beal out yeah. for the season. They used, they, uh, they signed Leonard Johnson off the street. Yeah. They signed the kid from Monmouth off the street last week, Mike Basil. That's called disparity. <laughs> this is a school that has produced two NFL players in Chris Hogan and Miles Austin. It's it's not good. Well, now we got three. Monmouth. <laughs> Monmouth. Oh, oh man. man, I do apologize. <laughs> and then Te- and then Teddy Williams is asking to be released. Yeah, that's yeah. Due to a family issue, the secondary is already thin enough. You lose Sam Beal, you lose Teddy Williams. Riley is hurt. Dion didn't play. Now you're stuck with Eli Apple. Who is Chris Lewis Harris, by the way? How is he even on the team? I don't know. Chris Lewis, three thir- three first names. Three names. It, it, <laughs> it, it's bad when, you know, you're the Giants and you're saying Eric Flowers is one of the better players on your team right now. <laughs> you're like, someone said that? Tom just did. <laughs> I was like, what? Kyle Lalletta looked better than Webb. Webb went 9-22 for 70 yards. Lalletta 6-9 of nine for 48 in his NFL debut. I'm, gi- I'm, I'm going to give uh, Davis Webb a mulligan on this because Loletta was playing football in January. He was. D- Webb hasn't played since last August. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played full f- contact, full speed football. I mean, yeah, the practices and everything like that, but it's, it's completely different from when you get actually get on there. So I'm going to give him a mulligan this game. He stinks it up against the Red, uh, against the. Um, Lions? Yeah. Then, 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 then it's I mean, not he's looked good. he's looked very sharp in training camp. Yeah. Wasn't it a tell last OTAs. year? They went well, over. That was against these corners that you see yeah. from the Giants too. I mean, that's it's not Tom. It's not really saying a lot. <laughs> it's just it's against the secondaries that he looked bright. But Kyle, yeah, I, I, the one love, thing that they loved about Lalletta was his accuracy, yeah. and it showed. He was I mean, he was MVP of the Senior Bowl. Yeah. A lot of people forget that. Barkley, thirty-nine yard run on his first snap, but. The mild hammy strain in practice. Barkley has looked great. Um, Jalen Simmons looked good. Robert Martin at a Rutgers. Do one of those two guys make it on the roster as a fourth back? I think Simmons will. Simmons over Martin? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the Giants have a little favoritism towards uh, Boston College, Rutgers guys, Syracuse guys, like the whole Northeast area, you know? But Coughlin is not there anymore. This is a new team with Pat Shermer. 
uh, who's very familiar with the Jersey area. He lived in Jersey for a while. He was an Eagles assistant for many years. Um, yeah. My, my, my concern is I don't know who will be behind um, Stewart and Gallman, but if they're going to carry four backs and Shane Smith, it's five backs. I don't know if Gallman's going to make the roster. It might be a situation I think where we he, saw. I think he will make the roster. Not if Simmons keeps on playing the way he is. I mean, if you don't. Yeah, I mean, they, they I mean it's to, definitely a concern. For him, yeah, for him. Stewart has looked really. I mean, you look at the Giants. They really upgraded it. It's Barkley and Stewart as your two running backs. And yeah. Jonathan Stewart had a successful career in Carolina. I mean, he battled injuries, but he was very good when healthy. You have two really good tight ends and Evan Ingram and Rhett Ellison, who can play the H-back position as well. Fullback position, yeah. tight end. He's more known as a blocker, but he can also catch. Um, and then people are like, all right, there's not a lot of depth at receiver. You know, Hunter Sharp had a couple drop passes. Khalif Raymond and didn't look good running back kicks on special teams. But the Giants offense is designed to start two tight ends and only two wide receivers. So if only five receivers make the roster, which I think that's all they're going to keep is five, it's going to be Odell, Shepard, Cody Latimer, um, and then I can't name the other two. Right now, I can't. Roger Lewis, is he still on the team? Roger Lewis is still on the team. And Khalif probably. And probably Khalif Raymond as a returner. Or Hunter Sharp, I don't know. Is that guy King still there? No. Tavares King? No. Anyway, back to Ramsey for a second, calling out Eli Manning. You know, this is out of control. Eli Manning is he's a good guy. He's one of the most respected guys in the league. He stays quiet. It's not really Eli. I think it's OBJ. I won't say Eli is good. I'll say Odell is good, and their connection is good. Eli Manning's reaction? No comment. Who? That's Referring a great to great reaction. How dare you call out Eli Manning? He might have a point. What is Eli? This is horrible. Has Eli won a Super Bowl before Odell Beckham? I don't think so, guys. <laughs> no way he won too. No way. <laughs> Sarcastic, obviously. Beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl twice. Look, <laughs> yeah, no, Jalen Ramsey is a clown. Look, how much? I mean, he was definitely right with Joe Flacco. Yeah, but <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, a little over the top there. Uh, but I mean, he's talking. He, if you look at all the guys he named, other than Josh Allen, Flacco, Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, they're all past their primes. Yes. So I mean, yeah, they're not the guys they once were, and maybe Odell and Brown do help them out a bit. But I mean, these guys are respected quarterbacks in this league. Just maybe don't maybe, go maybe out not Flacco, him. but. <laughs> Roethlisberger can't say. Roethlisberger has been to three Super Bowls. I don't Matt, like this. Matt Ryan, Matt like Ryan, Drew Brees, yeah, all on. all guys who are past their primes. This guy is full of himself. Well, Matt Ryan, that's one of the comments that I kind of kind of agreed with. I mean, Matt Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is the reason for the success of that team that year. Yeah. He really is. I mean, and you saw the absence of him this past season, and you saw how Matt Ryan performed, and it's really showing. You know, you had. Guys like Taylor Gabriel, who in that MVP season had eight touchdowns. You know, Julio Jones. I mean, he has weapons all around him yeah. at his dispensary and Look. could not perform last season. He might be, listen, I don't think overrated is the word, definitely overpaid for his performance of last season. Jalen Ramsey can't open his mouth. It's dumb, and he has one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. That's for exactly real. why. Like, why are you calling that's out That's exactly why. these quarterbacks yeah. that are better than your own? Well, listen, he's not going to call out his own guy. I mean, Look, that'd be aggressive. I, I can't wait until Deshaun Watson torches him twice this season. Odell Beckham runs past him in week one. Oh, and I hope nice. Eli just great. quietly does his job. That'd be nice. You know? Uh, 
Quickly here, we'll wrap up on the Giants. Who starts at center? Brett Jones or John Jalapio? That's going to be an interesting uh, competition. I think it's Jalapio, right? Jalapio is probably going to wind up winning that. Um, Brett Jones is more of a pass blocker type of guy. Um, Jalapio is more of a run blocker, which is what the Giants are looking for at this point. They're going to play Detroit tomorrow night, and they play the Jets and New England. I say the Giants can range anywhere between 6-10 and and 11-5. and Anywhere. I think they go 8-8. Eight and eight. But they have potential to do better. And if the it all depends on the offensive line. Because if you're Eli, you can't make it. You can't. Eli is the, the one to blame now if the offense doesn't do well. Yep, for sure. I mean, uh, the, the secondary is scary in the first preseason game. I mean, I know, listen, first game, but it's it's the Browns. It's the Browns you played. True. And you got torched on almost every single play. Yeah. It was then you have the almost nightmare with Saquon Barkley already hurting his hamstring a little bit. Yeah. Nothing to really be that concerned. But, I mean, if he goes if he goes down, this team will be right back at four, three, five wins again. Oh, it's, it's just bottom line the truth. Wait, wait, wait. Because the secondary is be- worse. You won't have any run game. And we don't even know how the offensive line is going to come out. I feel like every time I get a Giants update, it's Will Hernandez getting in another fight. The Giants have potential to be really bad again because their schedule is brutal, and it's yeah. all new guys. I think that, the, first, that first seven weeks is torture. I think, Sorry, the, I, I think the Giants go six, win six games in Max this year. I really do. Six max. Six max is tough. I would say eight. That's tough. Eight I said seven. Seven max. That's why I'm putting them at. Seven With all those weapons on the offense, though? But I, look, you can say all the weapons you want. You still have two turnstiles on the right side of that line. I, I don't care that Eric, if Eric Flowers is playing his natural position. The man stinks, okay? That he, is his natural position. And Pat Omina they got on the right side of the line as well. He's, he's all right, too, but... So I mean I'm not I'm not sold on this Jets this Jets this Giants offensive offensive line I do like Nate Solden and William Hernandez but Solder I'm not wildly yeah. overpaid I, I thought yeah but they I, needed him so. he was yeah, the best run blocker yeah. available yeah. at the time once they lost I'm not, yeah I'm not sold on them too but to the Jets quick uh, they beat the Falcons seventeen nothing Darnold looked good Josh Norman says Darnold should start very impressive in preseason yes he has that USC quarterback stereotype on his shoulders but he looked good. 13 of 18, 96 yards, one touchdown. Um, we'll talk about the Jets more when we get back in September, but let's spend 30 seconds on them quick. Thoughts on the Jets? Josh McCown starts the season. Teddy Bridgewater gets traded. So too. Sam Darnold doesn't come in until week 6 to 8. James? I hope they – oh, James. Oh, Mike. <laughs> James, James and then Mike. Uh, I agree with Chris and Josh Norman, for somebody that doesn't say much, respect towards yeah. a lot of quarterbacks. That was a lot of respect for Josh. Uh, yeah. You know. You think – I've been thinking about it. I don't know if it's overthinking it, but do you think Josh Norman's comments were just to, like, kind of bait him a little bit? Yeah. Mm, Maybe a little I, th- I, th- I think Sam Darnold's humble enough to know, like, if he is. Because, like you said, this guy isn't getting in his mind. And he even said to himself how humble well, – not how humble he is, but for, for his 21st birthday, he was playing football. He didn't go out and party and everything, so – I think he's humble enough. What a sentence was very short. Uh, McCown starts. Bridgewater doesn't get traded. Darnold week eight. Let's go. I don't know. I just said stuff. Um, (laughs) On that note, we will talk more in September when we come back with our new time Fridays from 7 to 9 p.m. This is our last show of the summer, last Thursday show. On behalf of James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes, Chris Klimazewski, I'm Tom Scavetta. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on WCWP Sports.
www.thepatriotsocialist.org. Darling, darling, I'll turn the lights back on now. Watching, watching, as the credits all roll down. And crying, crying, you know we're playing to a full house, house. No heroes, villains, one to blame, while wilted roses fill the stage and the thrill, the thrill. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.